Welcome, everyone, to the SmackDown 6 podcast, the only podcast on the internet covering the SmackDown 6 era of SmackDown. And today we've got a doozy for you here. Backlash 2003, the pay-per-view follow-up to WrestleMania 19. It's lovely to follow uh, WrestleMania and to do these pay-per-views on the podcast. It's always a thrill. And the person that you're listening to right now who is thrilled to be talking about this is your host, Matt Vaughn. Always good to have you here. Uh, I love here. I love to do these podcasts for my Smack Addicts. Great to hear you guys there. And uh, with me today to cover Backlash 2003 is uh, none other than Will Vaughn, my brother. How you doing, Will? Oh, Matt, that's a can of whoop ass we're fixing <laughs> okay. to open on this show. Not Should I be worried? Lead. This is uh, a doozy, I think you said, Matt. I did However, say it was a doozy. I'm extremely excited to be here to talk about Backlash, the follow-up to the uh, WrestleMania 19 show we did uh, scant a month ago. Very That's excited right. to cover this with you, Matt, and uh, discuss all the ins and outs of this shows and um, our very, I would say, uh, fair uh, critiques before we make them. Uh, yes. Thank you again. Absolutely. And, you know, I have to say, you know, just to pull back the curtain a little bit here, I think it is, you know, it's extra exciting for me. It's extra fun for me. Because in the meantime, since recording WrestleMania 19 podcast, the, that podcast with you and this podcast now, you and I have actually been in the same place and watched wrestling together. We, we watched got to, a lot of wrestling. It was watched very a fun. lot of wrestling together. Watched some live wrestling. We we got to watch SummerSlam together. We caught up on yep. uh, Takeover, and then we also uh, we we had a real, a real buffet, a real that we went through there. Uh, Smorgasbord, man, it was great. Yeah, oh, it yeah. was. Uh, it was uh, every area you could think of, pretty much. Uh, 90, I had a blast, Matt. Yeah. I had a really good time. Absolutely. Uh, look forward to doing it again uh, soon. And uh, I can only imagine, Matt, if we watch this show together, I mean, the the, the banter that would ensue. Well, we'll find out right now. Well, the problem, and you know what, it'd be either banter or some cell phone looking. That's the problem now. It's, it, it, the, the, in 2003, you didn't have a cell phone looking. to look at, right? So you're, you're just no. kind of like, well, I guess I'm, guess well, I'm wrapped here. 2003, you did, but it didn't did. do much. It didn't do anything. You played Snake and uh, like Brick Breaker, and, and that's about it. Um, I think some, yeah. yeah, I think I saw some guys playing Snake on their phones. There, there are Nokia bricks out there. They're bulletproof phones. In in Worcester, the crowd in Worcester. We'll talk about Worcester. the crowd in Worcester as well. But so let's uh, talk about yeah. We're talking about the uh, 2003 edition of Backlash. It emanated from the Worcester Centrum Center. In Worcester, Massachusetts. Although I believe if you look outside the building, which they show multiple times in the broadcast, I think they it's like the Centrum at Worcester or something like that. There's like a very like one of those weird like yeah. Worcester at Centrum on the forum on the plaza on the yeah. green. Someone you know, somewhere stadium. was like, I don't want to just be like Centrum Arena. And you're like, okay, well you have to do a whole what you call it there. Anyway, uh, this aired April 27th, 2003. And something we talk about with the pay-per-views on this podcast is the buy rate. So uh, buy yes, rate the, is this mm-hmm. very interesting metric here. If you're not familiar with pay-per-view buy rates, I can't get into all the mumbo-jumbo and the voodoo and the hoodoo of it. But it is essentially giving you a number that tells you of the number of people who could buy a pay-per-view, this was the percentage of that, I think. I'm not exactly right there, but I'll tell you this. So this show did a 1.10. Which I don't know could, doesn't sound that impressive to you. Maybe one point one zero is very good, and the reason I know this is because I think we've covered shows on the podcast that we're not even close to that. Uh, and like you may be wondering that. why. Yeah, exactly. You may be wondering well, why is it a one point one? Well, we'll get into that. The show immediately mm. tells you why it's a one point one zero. Yeah. And so to give some context to you here, last year's backlash this is backlash two thousand and two, right after WrestleMania eighteen. I think we've been headlined by, if I'm not mistaken, Triple H against Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, that's right. Where they go, you know what? Hogan have the belt. That did yep. a zero point eight. 
Mm-hmm. And then Backlash 2004, uh, which I believe was emanated from Edmonton, uh, Alberta, yep. and mm-hmm. was it kind of, they they did the Triple Threat main event of WrestleMania again. Uh, they that did a zero point five four. So, Ooh, so that's pretty bad. Now that said, it, it's tough comparing stuff the next year because there is a, we are on a current pay per view slide anyway, right? If you go from yeah. 2000 to like 2005, like you're just seeing it's just declining. That's just how the business is going at the time. Um, not saying it's nobody's fault. I mean, they're not doing things to get the light the business on fire, but these are these are the reasons why things are going great. So this show that we're covering today did a way better buy rate than the show last year and the show next year uh, in April. Interesting. This is the there. peak between the three. This is it. But I mean, it's because of the you know just get out of the way. We won't talk about it in depth now. But the main event is The Rock against Goldberg, which yep. is. Kind of wild to see and think about, but that mm-hmm. you know, there's there's no other reason why someone would spend money to buy this show. This show is no. essentially sold on. Do you want to see Goldberg in a WWE ring? And people said, yes, I do. Yeah, it's sold on one match. That's yeah. the entire we- premise. You can do that. You can totally do that. I think it's interesting. I think you know, uh, No Way Out 2003 was essentially, hey, buy this for Hulk Rogan. Uh, Hulk Rogan. Hulk Hogan <laughs> against Joe Hulk Rogan. Hogan. Yeah. Gosh. In the octagon. A, uh, yes, it's a. Horsey Wormer on a pole match. Uh, yeah. anyway, easy. Sorry, that's like the easiest joke I could do of all time. It's just such a like a <laughs> relevant <sighs> relevant object on a pole match. Anyway, yep. Hogan Rock at No Way Out 2003, the second edition of Hogan Rock. It didn't do as well as this, so it's interesting. Now, Will, you know, before we get into the show itself, I like to ask my guests a question on the podcast. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so, something that I was uh, something I like to do, and something we talked about before is. Uh, you know, the Wrestling Observer, uh, run by Dave Meltzer here, people, you know, you can have, you can take issue with Dave Meltzer and, and the journalism therein, but uh, something that's very interesting with the Wrestling Observer is that it's existed for a long time, and mm-hmm. they also have an annual, um, the Reader's Choice thing, essentially, and everybody oh votes, and that's how they determine Wrestler of the Year, Gimmick of the Year. You may remember, I think a couple of months ago on this podcast, we talked about the uh, promotion's most disgusting promotional tactic. When you mentioned that, Matt, I went through yes. that Wrestling Observer News. I mentioned this on the show. Yes. I, I, I Googled the Wrestling Observer News, you know, uh, list of the – and I went through every year uh, yes. focusing especially on that uh, one. But, uh, yeah, it's like best pay-per-view, worst pay-per-view, best wrestler, worst wrestler, you know, it, th- that kind of thing, right? And it has people yes. voting on them, and it could be like a top two or a top nine or whatever. Yes, exactly. And so the one that is interesting here that's relevant here yeah. is – the worst major wrestling show list here. Uh, yeah. This is this is show, right? Not because t- they they split up show between like TV and like pay per view event, right? The, this major wrestling show is the way they have it here. Major so wrestling uh, show. all okay. they have here mm-hmm. is uh, WWE pay per views and then yep. Japanese shows, which I don't think I I, I I forgive me. I, I'm my ignorance with Japanese wrestling. I don't know necessarily that in the early 2000s they were doing pay per view per se in the same way. I'm not totally sure. And then they also have a, a UFC one here, but. To, of note here, and it's very one and two are incredibly close together, which is not a great sign for uh, this podcast. The next couple months of this podcast, <laughs> top of the list for worst major wrestling show in 2003, as voted by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter's readers at the time, was WWE Backlash April yeah. 27th, Worcester. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it beat Judgment Day, which we're going to cover <laughs> next month, by two votes. <laughs> yeah. Now, and, you know, and the rough thing is, you know, Bad Blood, the June pay per view, the one after yep. May, if you can believe that June comes after May, uh, yep. got fourth place. Got fourth. Uh, now, it has a much lower kind of vote total here. Like one and two, Backlash and Judgment Day are 
are they're neck and neck. They're ones that sure. They're Democrats and okay. Republicans. Yeah. The rest. Well, does been. this make sense to you? As yeah, hundred percent. Thank you, right re- readers and writers of the Wrestling Observer newsletter. You all nailed it. I wanted to say thank you uh, on behalf of us here at the SmackDown Six podcast uh, to uh, give us some sort of. Um, you know, a platform uh, from which to announce the 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 quality of this program. It's the worst pay-per-view of 2003. It's up there for probably one of the worst ever. I mean, that that's that, I mean, <laughs> well, that's saying a lot. Well, I, I haven't is... seen a look. I haven't seen a lot of them. OK, maybe I haven't seen ones. like TNA Road to Glory like 2000. 15 or something and you know i just maybe that one's awesome by the way sorry possibly possibly i mean people always talk about december to dismember and as someone who has watched december to dismember it's it's honestly worse than people say it's it's honestly that's what i hear too it's like people actually review it and say if you want to watch this show december to dismember out of curiosity actually don't do it do something else to set your curiosity and i will say matt i'm as i'm I'm enough of a sicko yeah i might do it you should, I might do it. You Despite still should. All warning to the contrary. I might do it. Yeah. You know what? Or or I will sit with you next time we are near we are together. I will. I could watch that with you, and then we'll follow oh, it up I with like I wouldn't do that. To four you. four three quarter star match or You're something. My like own that. flesh and blood. Man. I, I know it's so rude, but I have you know former guests of the podcast, uh, Brian. He we watched it together. Now that's that. This is the last thing I will say about December to dismember, is that it's a show where the biggest problem is that the the main event is an elimination chamber. Which means you have six guys, essentially six guys who are hottest on your show, yeah, and they're all tied up in that match. So you have to make the rest of your show. And, and ECW, the the you know the WWE version of that roster at the time was not strong. What year uh, is this? Two thousand six. December two thousand six. And this is also six, when right. this the other problem is that Sabu gets taken out of the Elimination Chamber. Hardcore Holiday comes in. I I don't I don't know if you just hate people. I guess you could do that. That's one option. Exactly. So let's talk about Backlash 2003. Okay. Uh, and by that, I mean, let's talk about last week's episode. Just going to catch you up. Previously yes, on thank SmackDown you. 6 podcast. Yeah. John Cena was all over the show. He was pumping up A-Train for his match against Brock Lesnar. And they showed footage from earlier in the year when Brock almost broke A-Train's neck. Sable got Don Marie and Nidia to hold Tori as she uh, berated her in the ring. Also, Chris Benoit beat Nunzio. Big Show was embarrassed by Rey Mysterio yet again. And Brock Lesnar was left bleeding after John Cena attacked him with his chain. So that was mm-hmm. last week, last week's episode on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is also something I'm just going to point out real quick here. Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, not on this show. Neither one of them. Kurt Angle obviously injured. Chris Benoit, just not around. It's just interesting for this podcast and for kind of the central conceit of the podcast, the SmackDown 6, that we, we go a show that doesn't have them. And what do you know? It's not good. Yeah. So in the last month, the FBI has taken out Undertaker, Nathan Jones, and uh, you could argue they took out Chris Benoit. They they kind of just gave him the you know the KOD right. so to speak. Uh, they shattered Nathan Jones's poor little ankle. And they broke Undertaker's poor little elbow. Um, and and Chris Benoit they didn't really have a storyline. I mean, maybe you could have done Chris. Ben- I was thinking the other day Chris Benoit against all three of the FBI, uh, which would have either. Which actually would have killed both of them, really. <laughs> it would have made Chris the, look the awful. FBI is dead on arrival anyway. That's the thing that's so funny is that their gimmick is essentially they take guys out, but they're horrible in the ring. They all suck. They yes, can't win a match. They all lose. Yeah. They're yeah, all yeah. bad. They, they suck. Now, Will, uh, my favorite part about yeah. last week's episode was to Jerry has a t-shirt, and I want it. And um, that was my favorite part. There we go. I don't even know if I remarked on that. Yeah, Jerry has a great theme song, great wrestler. So Jerry's one of the guys on the podcast who's, kind of, who's really shine as a guy. You're just like, that guy's... He's, he's a guy we didn't appreciate enough at the time, yeah. and we miss him definitely on this show. Uh, same with uh, Jamie Noble, maybe 
You mm. could have done a cruise, a fun cruiser. Cruiserweights are fun when you throw a bunch of yeah. them together, like in, in, in uh, triple threats and four ways and stuff. Because yeah. uh, you can have those matches, have them be about 10-ish minutes or so, and just have the action fast and furious and uh, perfect little opener for the show. Not that this show opens too badly, but, um, you know, the, the show also has um, seven matches, which which isn't... You know, obviously we don't want like bloated like ten match cards or something, but you know, seven seems a little skint, especially with all the stuff they have to add, Matt, to pad the time. And we'll get into that. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, they do. There's a there's a running storyline that goes through the night. Now, Will, I will say, do you think you can guess who was voted the worst wrestler of 2003 by the Wrestling Observer's uh, fans, the readers? Do you want to guess who it was? Based you on the show? Uh, not based on this show. Uh, you, oh, did I, did I mention him? Oh, he came up. Uh, he came up earlier. We might have seen him maybe learning how to wrestle on the show. Yeah, Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones. Yeah, by, he, won, mean, he won by a large one. I mean, it's, and it's also that, that's almost a waste of a vote though, because he's he's basically a non wrestler. Like he doesn't. Well, I mean, we I, he's he's coming right. back at some point. He's also oh, funny because okay. Undertaker. Like you said, the FBI took out Undertaker, and it's like, well, he has a legitimate uh, elbow surgery, I believe, that he has to go and do. And like, right. and they broke, they broke Nathan Jones's ankle. It's like, yeah, I think nothing was wrong with him, and they wanted to get him <laughs> off the television. <laughs> so His ankle like, seemed fine. I think yeah. we just have to not have him around for a period of time and have him actually train to be good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not lamenting the loss of Nathan Jones on this show. Uh, Undertaker, maybe a little bit. It, it feels a little light on star power. I mean, like star you know that. Issue. You know, especially compared to last uh, month's WrestleMania, I mean, Steve Austin obviously is not there because he retired and and he's done. And well, Vince McMahon isn't in a match, but we're not lamenting that at all. But Hulk Hogan's not there. I mean, Hulk Hogan's um, not there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, it feels um, okay. Yeah, it, it feels just uh, just light on uh, anything worth uh, anything really drawing you to the show, except for the main event. Yeah. Now, well, you did mention that the show starts off strong, but you know, the good folks. In Worcester, Massachusetts, mm. they actually saw a match before the pay-per-view itself started. On Sunday Night Heat. You're not going to believe me, but Scott Steiner defeated Rico after hitting a reverse DDT. So I don't know, he's, he's using a Scorpion Just Drop. I don't know why he can just start using that. I guess WCW's gone. He just does the reverse DDT. Not is, is, Rico, is Rico still a stylist? Uh, like, is he still with... Rico's associated with Three Minute Warning. He's three, oh, he's three, still... So he comes out three minute warning theme. He he does the he does a great little uh, sign where he puts a, a he counts out three with his fingers and puts it over his wrist like three minute warning three minutes. over a, a watch kind of thing. Which I was like I appreciate that. You could have been, so you could have done like the the zero miedo. Oh gosh, what's the word zero miedo? miedo? <laughs> yeah, right with the the three and then the M. That would have been right. Cool. Exactly. Uh, but some guy already does that these days, which is uh, which is nice. Um, Rico, yeah, I, I'm just wondering the timeline of when he becomes a little more flamboyant and gets Jackie Gata uh, paired with him soon, but not yet. I'll say that right. for sure. Cause I think right. it's by the time this podcast ends, he gets there now. I mean, I, I said, we were watching this pay-per-view from it's in Worcester, Massachusetts. Well, a pay-per-view in Worcester, Massachusetts, that feels wrong to me. What are we doing? We can do, let's do TV in Worcester. No, I think it's good people in Worcester, but your pay per has got to be in cities, guys. You got to put them in cities that have major sports teams. Well, especially since we were in Boston in January. Yeah. This year's pay-per-view slate was Boston, Montreal, Seattle, and now Worcester. Worcester, Matt, and WWE parlance, I remember most for having that house show for NXT where, was it, who, okay, Samoa Joe went over Balor? Is that the one? I think so. I think think Samoa Joe won the NXT title at a Worcester house show, right, to kind of pop the the houses. Uh, So that's what I remember most about uh, Worcester, not necessarily this show. I don't know how many shows. They've done TV in Worcester. They did Raw in Worcester. uh, There's a Worcester Raw in 1987. I think it's important. I think I just watched it recently on the 1987 rewatch I was doing. 
And uh, yeah, I but for a pay per view, and I mean, you pointed out well, yeah, three of the first four months in 2003 are all Northeast shows: Boston, Worcester, Montreal. Pretty wild. Which isn't altogether isn't altogether surprising. They, Not they, really, they favor, but I mean, they favor the Northeast. But yeah, why I, you, I know. I just, are you not going to do good numbers if you have, uh, you know, backlash in Houston? Like, really? I don't know if I, I, I have the hard to find hard to believe. That's what they would do, you know. Nowadays, the, the, now every pay per view um, is in uh, is in a major city. And, yeah, it's where there's uh, an NBA team essentially, which makes sense to me. An NBA team, big big arena. I mean, they. I don't know what the capacity for the the Worcester Centrum Forum on the Green on the Tavern on the Green um, the stadium is, but it. Uh, it doesn't look huge. They do pack it out, but it's also uh, a weird peeve of mine is that it's too bright in there. Interesting. It is bright. They, they said they put 10,000 people in there. I don't know what the capacity is, but 10,000. I mean, you can put that in, you know, Halifax 10, Metro Center. Uh, you roughly. could. Yeah. 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 For absolutely. At least. Yeah, it's and we will. Crazy. And then we will. Yeah. We're going to have, yeah, we're going to talk about Halifax quite soon here. We're getting, we're getting real close in between two Very of the soon. worst favorites of the year, apparently, which I yeah, wish we're is on the road to the Halifax Metro Center. Uh, for a double shot. Interestingly, that might be the high point of this podcast. We will get there, which is exciting. Um, so anyway, very interesting here. So let's the high talk point about of this, backlash. Yes. The high point of this period of time, for sure. Yes, exactly. So let's get to backlash 2003, yeah. folks. So we begin with a video package. The Rock is talking about Goldberg saying he never did anything. And of course, it immediately is Three Trump- times. Yes. Never did anything. And then we see highlights of Goldberg's streak. They're showing the numbers on the screen. Uh, you know, ninety-two and zero, and hundred million and zero, and then we see Goldberg <laughs> winning the WCW title, and then The Rock runs through the people he's beaten. He said, "I beat Hogan, Austin, <clears throat> Triple H, The Undertaker." I mean, it choked up about how good Rock's well wins. I mean, it, it is, it is. I don't blame you. <laughs> exactly, uh, the great one there. Uh, and then we you know we go Undertaker right, Kurt Angle. He mentions Kurt Angle. Too. He mentions Kurt Angle. That's right. Yeah, because I, I saw him, but I wasn't sure if he said him. But that makes sense. He, did, he does say him, and the at least it, it, it happens in the package. And then I don't remember the package ends, but I know before the show begins, they, they do a classic and now Raw and SmackDown present WWE backlash. Because no one else is going to sponsor this. Exactly. Yeah, we're Skittles. No Where's, Skittles, uh, no Starburst, you know, no stickers. I think, I think Raw and SmackDown always present the shows now, but I think other shows sponsor them. So I think we're you're, they, they're still going hard in the brand split where they think like there are people, and I mean this podcast is kind of evidence that that is so, so much true. There are people who are just like, well, I watch SmackDown. And so I'm a SmackDown guy. <laughs> well, the Smack Addicts know. Well, Smack Addicts know. I mean, I feel like at the time, especially because the way they're setting up the brands, like they were kind of setting up so you would have a show that would be your favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your favorite wrestlers on. You'd be like, yeah, I like that show more. Yeah, because so you got sense. my favorite guys on it. Yeah. Exactly. And so the pyro goes off. We're in Worcester, Massachusetts. And uh, the set has some hooks that have been around in years past. You know, Backlash mm-hmm. has had, uh, they often have these kind of. Um, they're more like scaffolding a little bit there. I know in, uh, I think it was in the year 2000, they kind of moved a little bit. So there was some people would use them and kind of use them for like hardcore matches. They move these big scaffolds. These ones, yeah. instead of having these hooks that curve toward the entrance, so they curve away from them. Uh, yeah. And they're, almost, they're kind of like the backlash font where the A is kind of like a little. The A is like, it's like a scythe or something. Yeah. yeah. Looks cool. So go for that. And so it's fine. Yeah, it's when I looked at it, I was like, yeah, it's a pretty 2003 set. I mean, they, oh, thankfully yeah. with backlash, they have a real thing. There's a bunch yeah. of big stuff and it's got the screen and then it's got a backlash like ticker. Um, yes. down where people come out. So it's like scrolling, which is kind of interesting. And yeah. uh, there's no stage. There's no ramp. It's just flat on the ground. It's flat to the ground. Yes, exactly. That will come up a little bit later on. It will come up later. And so we see Michael Cole, and he has a unique <gasps> facial hair situation here. Uh, it's been trimmed to an almost Fu Manchu with a soul patch look, I would say. Uh, when I looked at it, I thought, you know, kind of like Tony Stark, but thinner and dorkier. 
Mm, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, Matt, I, I, I gave it to him because at least he's wearing a, a, a coat, yes. you know, a, 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 suit, a suit jacket and um, a button down and he's got a pocket square, no tie. Taz, of course, looking immaculate as always. He's got a, a great. Oh, you're right. I'm OK. I was just I, I was I was like pocket square and no tie. Is that allowed? That's right. Yeah. Well, Taz has the tie and he's got a pocket square with this nice gray blazer on uh, and his uh, orange tinted sunglasses. He's looking good, Taz. Yeah. Absolutely. He takes off his sunglasses at one point to show how serious the moment is. He does. I noticed that too. Very much a decision made there. Yeah. And so so we start with Team Angle versus Los Gros for WWE Tag Team Titles. Team Angle are the champions. And, uh, you know, Los Gros are finally getting their rematch from back in February when they lost the titles. Uh, Now, they did wrestle in part of the three-way at WrestleMania 19, which I thought was kind of part of the rematch thing, but they've they're, they've lucked into another rematch. I would argue. Well, it's because they got screwed out of uh, having a one-on-one match by Team Angle. That is true. So uh, in some ways, they kind of yeah, Team Angle punched their ticket to get the three-way match at WrestleMania 19, and now they still have to live with the fact that they are doing sure. this. Yeah, we can live it that way. And so Shelton and Charlie come out, and they have a large portrait of Kern Angle with his medals mm-hmm. hung over one side. Now it's a it's it is a picture like a, it's a photograph, yes. but but sometimes Michael Cole, he at one point specifies it's a picture, uh, mm-hmm. and Taz like is confused by it, and and at one point Michael Cole calls it a painting. It very much isn't. It's like his <laughs> no, um, no. headshot. It's it's Kurt Angle's like shot from the WWE program that you would have yeah. him sign. He's standing there, hands on his hips. He's got his gold medals on. He's got the uh, blue singlet with the Superman kind of A uh, on the front. Right. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I would hope that they would sell these in merchandise stands. I think you know, hey, buy your own Kurt Angle on a on a uh, easel on kind easel. of thing would work. Yeah, they they sell the whole thing for two hundred bucks. It's yeah, like, you have to take the whole thing. It's a, it's you got to do it. Package deal. Gold medal's not included, of course. And so they put the uh, portrait on an easel, which they set outside the ring there. And so it's kind of conspicuous by its presence there in a way. It's it's right there where something might happen to it. But, but it takes pretty much the whole match. Yeah, apparently uh, Shelton had trouble with the easel as well. Uh, yeah, they, Cole calls him out on it. He's like, oh, they finally figured out how to put it that easel. <laughs> yeah, we don't and see then, it, but he talks about it. Yeah, it's funny. They, they <laughs> it's one of those weird things that uh, this is why, you know, Matt, it, it may look dumb to people when you can see the commentators talking about a match, right? They're in the background, like, talking about a submission, and they're looking at their monitors. They're just like, oh, he's got another. And yeah. he's just like, well, he's in front of you as well. So this, this is a weird um, – this show is, like, also, like, sloppy. It's really sloppy. Like overall, like there was something in the water in Worcester. It yeah. just feels like a sloppy, like not not like sometimes it can be loose and fun. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of just sloppy at some points. Yeah. Uh, I saw a commentator recently. I don't know who it was, but I remember when they were looking at their monitor, I, I saw them look at their monitor and I believe they looked up to look in the ring. And so I have to imagine they program themselves. They go, when I see myself on the monitor on my monitor, that's when I look up at the ring and pretend like I'm looking there and not at my monitor, which I thought was smart. I don't remember who it was. I think it was somebody like a Pat McAfee or something like that. Maybe Graves or somebody. Uh, Maybe. They're, they're Graves very is, a little more, uh, is a little more experienced at that. That's right. So Los Gros come down to the ring. They're wearing matching red tights. Mm-hmm. They look pretty good. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd go for the green here just because uh, the team angle wears red uh, red and blue, but n- not going to nitpick that. They, they, they look good. They match. I do like their green. That's a good point. Uh, and so this, nice. this match essentially is like when I see them come out, I'm like, okay. So the the, the – stated intent with this is let's have a nice quick like a nice hot match where it's going to be good uh we give them 15 minutes and it's going to be yep. a quality match yeah and let's just go for it so that's what we're doing here we're leading with mm-hmm. quality here on the smackdown uh, on backlash 2003 which you're listening to on the smackdown 6 podcast mm-hmm. and so eddie starts with chavo sorry charlie not chavo you can understand why i confuse those ones of course 
Sure. For yeah, they're, they're, they're very similar. Well, they're also like um, Cole, when both these guys tag in, Cole gives like super specific measurements of everybody. <laughs> He's like, uh, Eddie Guerrero, five foot eight, 200, whatever. And uh, Charlie Haas, six foot two, two, you know. And so he, he basically just saying like, uh, Los Guerreros are giving up like six inches against, you know, each of these guys uh, in this match. Also, stupid stupid thing to mention but um the skirt for the ring has yes. the wwe uh, entertainment on it that's not stupid i, I made note of it too i made note of it I, too man. i i, I hate it get, get a skirt for your show and uh i think they do that a couple times throughout the year and then from here on out i think they get a, a skirt for every show but i think this is just them like kind of cutting corners like but it's also which i don't like it also just says entertainment and so it's also weird it's like like call it wrestling or don't 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 put entertainment there in the same way. Like, well, they're also weird. still they're just a year removed from changing the name, so they're still trying to get over the fact that like this isn't a federation more; it's entertainment. But yes, uh, yeah. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like them trying to do it in that specific situation. I think it's mm. Very nice. So Eddie starts with Charlie, uh, who he's much shorter than apparently, and he gets a bunch of roll ups. Then he plays the crowd and tags in Chavo. Yeah, that's fun. It's, they they kind of get like some booze for it too, oddly enough. Yeah, yeah. You like Eddie got like an Eddie chant, and then like he basically is like, "Well, me, but what about Chavo?" And Chavo is like the fun, uh, you know, maxing and relaxing on the on the corner thing. <laughs> yeah, that Shawn always Michaels a nice is, thing. You know, makes me think of Shawn Michaels every time, and Eddie yeah. does like a kiss my butt thing. Feels very house show kind of thing to do. Like that's hundred percent. Like I feel like that's is, a the yeah, total moment, which is not a. Like, I don't yeah. say it disparagingly. This show actually kind of a. It kind of has a house show vibe. Yeah. Me? Sorry. You. I. Sorry. I say that things feel like a house show, and I mean it. Sometimes I mean it disparagingly, and sometimes I don't. <laughs> this in that specific situation right there, I don't mean it disparagingly. Because sometimes uh, on TV, it like... it's they're, they're playing too much for TV. Yes. And 100%. I do like you know it was like when we came out of the Thunderdome era, and like Roman can now look at the crowd and be like, "You're like what? What are you doing? Like I'm amazing. Like what are you talking? Like he yeah. gets to finally do that and, and look at somebody in the eye and say like you're saying I suck. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, it's very satisfying. And totally. so Eddie and Chavo start working Shelton's arm. And so Eddie is twisting Shelton's arm and then Chavo comes off the top rope to hit it. So they're doing well. And so we have a very unique situation here, Will, because Eddie and Chavo are playing the overtly cheating baby faces, mm-hmm. which is an interesting twist on their character. And so we have the unique situation where they do the ba- they do these switch spots without tagging behind the refs back, but they're baby faces and they get away with it. This is a heel move. It's done all the time where heels will, will just swap spots in the ring. They'll, they'll clap their hands, but not actually tag each other. And uh, they will switch spots. And that almost never happens for faces. Yeah. And uh, they, they did it when they're, like, right in the corner. They yes. did a blind tag. They and, do when you uh, don't need to do that. Yeah. Well, you not, don't, not a you blind tag. Well, it's, it's a no tag. Because a blind it's tag a no would be tag. if I wasn't looking. But it's, this is, a, this is a, a, sw- a switch out, really. Well, this also starts kind of the story of the match, which I enjoyed, yes. of each team uh, using the other team's cheat uh to win uh you know the the baby faces use cheating and then the the heels use cheating and the only difference is we like it when eddie and chavo do it we hate it when team angle does it yes they, because they're because they're cheating they're playing to the crowd to, uh los guerreros are it's i mean fun. it's fun to cheat it's like absolutely. yeah we cheat we have shirts that say cheat to win our music says we lie we cheat we steal we're okay with that yeah and team angle is supposed to stand for integrity but they're not right there's, integrity there's... intelligence t- density uh, right, and, yes. and and it's not even it's not even like all like it's not like it's not like oh they're baby faces it's wholesome cheating no Chavo chokes Shelton with a tag rope in the corner <laughs> yes like, yeah and then yeah, he throws him outside dirty so he heel cheating up. like it's yeah. dirty dirty heel tactics like as soon as the refs turn around for a second they try to get something over on him yeah yeah but and, and and it's fun it's a really it's a really nice piece of creative work in a time that's not always that creative and so mm-hmm. um 
so yes, yeah, so so Eddie beats up on uh, Shelton outside the ring because Chavo throws him out there. Some fun cheating, and then Team Angle takes yeah. over. They get their he, suplex into yeah into Leapfrog double team move on Eddie, which mm-hmm. I think needs a name. Um, yeah, we, that's still what I call it, like the Leapfrog backsplash. Yeah, backsplash is a good one. Although it does make me think of backsplash. Matt, it's the backsplash. The backlash. Ooh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> backsplash doesn't three. Uh, Shelton gets great height on that, of course, right? Like that's uh that's mm. the kind of the signature of that move. They show a replay of him getting crazy height. He's a phenomenal athlete. And uh, so we get the, the 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 heat segment is what this is traditionally called in wrestling here. They beat on Eddie Guerrero, and so they're get doing the, the whole on. thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie and Shelton switch without a tag as well. Bit of a stretch uh, compared to Los Guerreros who are wearing the same tights and are obviously related, and these guys are, don't have the same skin color. And they are not wearing matching mm-hmm. tights as far as I can tell. No, um, not exactly. And so I'm just like, I'm like, okay, so they're just roughing, he's just roughing very leniently tonight. <laughs> he's just kind of letting things go. I think it's Corderas in this match. Yeah, there's a lot of lenient uh, refereeing tonight. Yeah, During this period, I think this time period is just like, it, it's extremely lenient. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, I, I don't know if you caught the SmackDown before this, Will, but Rey Mysterio uh, hits Big Show into this post in front of the referee, and the referee doesn't disqualify yes. him. It's absurd. It, nothing happens. Last week. It was it was an embarrassment. Absolutely it, absurd. Absolutely yeah, it absurd. Very there's, a point, there's a point in the main event that... Um, after the commentators like, thank God we got Earl Hedmer here. He yes. Just, <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. But but during this whole period, it's like they're like AW refs. They're just like, well, I got to let whatever is going to go go because uh, because just because. And I, I feel like the refereeing nowadays in NXT and WWE is a little more um, a little more strict. Although there was a recent SmackDown with uh, had a tag match just end on a disqualification because like the illegal man was in there for too long. Which I guess is like, okay. well, if it's going to be a rule, it also has to be able to cause a disqualification. Which, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't love that, but I get what they're getting at with that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like sometimes I prefer it's that. Be a I prefer getting it wrong in that direction to the AEW thing, which I don't. I find that I find that a little too frustrating as a viewer. Yeah. Um, and I think I think I actually our our very own referee Mike Kyoto recently won a record talking about how he was frustrated by AEW officiating. Our uh, very own Mike Kyoto. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna keep an eye on Mr. Kyoto. From here on out, uh, mm-hmm. to see if he practices and preaches here, pal. I've seen him do some stuff in the in, in the late '90s that I wasn't overly impressed with as a uh, as an official. So, he, sure. but he gets there. I mean, 2003, he's a more mature referee. No, he's not roughing this match. <laughs> just to be clear, we got no, Mike Yoda. This is Jimmy Corderas, our, our yes. guy from Canada. The hair is not there. Corderas is just he's he's living with it. Hair's not there. He don't care. He doesn't care. Uh, so Shelton gets uh, this nice move here. I think he's used it before where he kind of like he does a, sh- a short Irish whip uh, into a power slam to himself, essentially. So he does kind of like a short arm into a power slam. Looks very nice there. Yep. And uh, every now and then the camera cuts to the portrait of uh, Kurt Angle at ringside there. And at one point, <laughs> Michael just... Cole even says that Kurt is looking on in spirit. In spirit. <laughs> and just to be clear, as, just, in case you're listening to this podcast, you haven't listened to any previous episodes. Uh, Kurt Angle is not dead. He's not, He says neck surgery. So but Kurt Angle is very much dangerous, alive at this point. Dangerous neck surgery, like sure. career-threatening neck surgery. But um, they think mentioned on this episode on, or was it on SmackDown or on this episode? Recent, been, like, recent SmackDown talked about him. Right, confidential. It's it's him recovering yes. from his thing and his then wife Karen Angle, um, talking about uh, you know how scary it was. So it yeah. was uh, you know it was scary, but we know Kurt's okay, which yeah. is good. Uh, so it is kind of funny that uh, you know they have everything but a black wreath hanging from the the. Uh, picture of uh, of Kurt Angle there. It's true. It, it's a very good point there. I, I was surprised, true. you know, when they showed Kurt Angle's wife. At one point, she talked about she was just talking about how much she admired him. She said, "Ain't he great?" And I was like, huh, "Yeah, okay. I know." Interesting yeah, that she said like, that phrase. And I was like, "I'm gonna say that for later." Because she, she said, like, "You know, he's usually on the road, but he's gonna be recovering." And so I'm so I'm just really excited to be alone with my baby tonight. I, and I, so, I was gonna say, <laughs> "Oh, you beat me to it." 
Beautiful. I love it. Anyway, uh, Kurt Angle's wife is currently married to Jeff Jarrett. Don't piss me off. Yeah. Slap nuts. So yeah. to those that we're essentially refer- referencing that. I think, well, you mentioned it, that you're afraid of, you know, we make all these references. If you know wrestling, then you get these things that we're referencing. But maybe if you're coming to Backlash 2003, you don't know that Kurt Angle's wife at the time is now married to Jeff Jarrett's wife. Jeff because they were both, because they were both in TNA and they did some very, I don't know what happened. They did some very weird, I don't know if it was a wife swap or whatever. Oh boy. But some, somewhere along the way in TNA, Kurt Angle's wife became Jeff Jarrett's wife. That's a shoot, brother. That really happened. Uh, and Kurt yeah. Angle's very, he's happy with his wife, Giovanna, right now, which is great. They got kids. I'm sure, you know, Jeff Jarrett is still with Karen uh, Jarrett. I believe I so. I believe he is. Hey, you know, good on everybody. I mean, you know, some people get out of it better than others. So That's right. So Kurt Angle is not dead at the time of the show. And, no, now. but he's there in spirit, Matt. He's there in spirit. And he gets a head scissors and finally tags in Chavo. The heat segment ends and Chavo mm-hmm. runs wild. Yeah. And Shelton stops his momentum with a powerbomb. But then he gets a uh, missile drop kicked by a flying Eddie Guerrero who comes in. Love it. Eddie comes in. He gets his three rolling suplexes on Charlie Haas, which are not yet called three amigos. Eddie legal man at this point. Mm-hmm. And then after he, he hits the three, after he three Wait. hits the, because Travel Ch- 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 got the hot tag and Eddie is illegal. And then yes. okay. Jimmy Corderas finally uh, sends him out. And then yes. Travel gets a pin. That's right. Okay. So, Yes. This is interesting because the I would argue the end of this match is pretty sloppy. There's a few things yep. there that are pretty rough. Yeah, uh, and you know what? I mean, just to pull back the curtain a little bit too. I was looking at other like other online reviews for this show, and uh, people didn't pick up on the the botchiness of this ending because there's a couple things that happen here that I think are pretty rough. There's a missed um, a missed count interruption or, or yes. a late oh count gosh. interruption. Well, I think the, yes, the, yeah. It's a, there's a fully a three count here. So what happens is this. Yeah, so, Eddie gets the three rolling suplex on Charlie Haas. He gets sent out of the ring because he's not the legal man. Chavo crawls over to cover Charlie Haas. Charlie kicks out. Uh, Eddie pops in to hit a frog splash with no tag. So like, oh, yeah, he just, just does ju- it. Just and then does it. Jimmy Cordero's like, hey, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Again, lenient. And so Chavo <laughs> follows up. He covers him. And as Chavo is covering Charlie, you can see that Charlie's looking outside the ring. He's, Presumably, he's very obviously looking for Shelton Benjamin out there. To Shelton to come in and do it. And so the referee counts one, mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. three. But <laughs> and then Shelton pulls out Chavo, and, and so and, the ref and, has to pretend like he didn't just hit three. And Haas has to kind of like semi kick out there. It's like a yes. it's a Hulk. It's but he a hits Sid Vicious three. at uh, WrestleMania eight uh, situation. Yes. So he fully hit three, but but Haas like you know it's a pet peeve of some uh, re- old wrestlers, myself included, when guys uh, and girls lie there uh, for a pin count, and you get a very good idea it's not going to be the finish. Why is that? Because their eyes wide open. Because their eyes are wide open. Yeah. So now sometimes they have their eyes open even when it is the finish, which uh, I appreciate is kind of uh, you That's know good, you got to do that a little bit. Throw actually. me off the scent, but uh, and also I get it. Like it is dangerous to kind of have your eyes closed. It's like one, two, and then because eh. you can see the hand coming down. Like I get that. I would probably have my eyes open too, Matt, if I was ever man enough or woman enough to get in a wrestling ring. But yes, this was a um, Shelton was a little late here. So, you know, it was kind of a three count. Haas kind of kicked out and uh, it wasn't fantastic. Yeah. But the ref's hand did strike them out three times. And so when the, and, then, and then he has to, the ref goes, he points the timekeeper two, and the crowd starts to boo him. And because now we know wrestling's not real and we're frustrated. Well, and him. also this, this also uh, disqualifies ref from getting to call for bells uh, later on in the show. Uh, Interesting. You know, they, they get That's to take right. the night off. That's At one right. point, too, I see a timekeeper Mark Eaton during the the, the six man like they're they're battling outside next to him. He's he's holding Triple H's belt and he's t- he's like doing pulling security duty. He's like telling the fans to get away from the barricade. He's like, Interesting. Get out of here. 
Yeah. yeah. No, there's some interesting. Yeah, Bell's beginning the match here uh, throughout the show, which are just weird. Yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah, so Chavo goes for a back suplex in the ring mm-hmm. uh, on Charlie Haas. Shelton Benjamin grabs Chavo's foot. So no, Charlie just took Shelton took Eddie out by throwing him into the stairs. So that's yes. why Eddie's Eddie's out. Yeah, Eddie's out. And so now, uh, now that uh, Chavo's leg has been grabbed by Shelton, Charlie Haas lands on him cross body style. Because you know mm-hmm. you get a guy in a back suplexing, guy, essentially turns a little bit more and lands you in a cross body. Sure. And so he covers Chavo. And so the problem is that he's supposed that Shelton is supposed to follow up by holding on to Char- uh, to Chavo's legs, just like Ultimate Warrior getting his legs held by Bobby Heenan. If you may mm-hmm. remember that in the early '90s, it's a very crucial thing here. So it's clear he's supposed to do that because he does it late. Uh, but it's still good enough for the one, two, three. And so Charlie yeah. covers Chavo, gets the pin. But Shelton has a tough end to this match. He misses the break up there, and he doesn't hold on to the feet to get to uh, to to get Chavo tied up there. I mentioned this in the show. You know, it's hard to uh, do stuff during a pinfall because you only have three seconds to do it. It's like right. you know when you have a foot on the rope, but you aren't really on it. Like it's the magical rope that once it hits your foot, it creates this electric current which pins your opponent to the mat no matter what. Right. Uh, yes. So it's if, you're, if you're the, it's, if the cheating guy, yes, that's right. If you're the cheating guy, so as long as like Shelton gets his finger on a toe of Chavo, then there's no earthly way poor Chavo Guerrero can kick out of this uh, cross body that just fell on him. Yeah, it's true. And so, you know, it's a rough end for a match like this because I like the match. It's totally good up to that point. I mm-hmm. think if it was if it didn't have those tough en- that tough ending there with the botches, p- p- pretty good. But it's a decent match here to start the show. And it's definitely um, our best. Uh, I think it's up there with the, the best match of the night. Yeah, After the match, Mike, uh, Michael Cole, if you can believe it, says Team Angle steals one. Yes. If I didn't hear him say that, but I knew it. Believe it. Yeah, I had, I had my ears <laughs> wide open for that one. What do you got, Michael Cole? Oh, they steal one. If the if the uh, heel wins, they steal one. If the face wins and it's during the week, like a SmackDown show, they, then they are, they are rolling. That is, yeah, the, they're uh, rolling on to, to you know a fast lane uh, roadblock or something. Exactly, and they have, <laughs> there is essentially Michael Cole has a like a flow chart of what to say. Yeah, he does. He yeah. definitely does. Uh, but things get interesting after the match here because Eddie launches right. Chavo onto Team Angle and the portrait of Kurt because mm-hmm. they're right by the, uh, the the ramp there, the entrance way. Yeah, and Team Angle is hugging the picture of Kurt Angle after winning. Right. They're the group hug. It's a beautiful loved. thing. It's a great Kurt Angle gimmick who just loves giving people hugs. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah, they keep that going. And so they steal the tag team titles, do Los Guerreros. They take the belts. Yeah. Now, I have to say, I would feel it would feel more like they stole them if I didn't see Chavo pin Charlie Haas after a frog splash. Because in my mind, I'm like, well, he's they kind of won the titles. Take it what's theirs. Yeah. Fair enough. So we follow. We it's kind of an odd moment. You don't see this in wrestling very much. You know, we follow yeah. Los Guerreros backstage. Yeah, and they're just like talking. They're just talking. It's um, like Simone say, like doing all like the. Can't wait to show this to Grandma. Like yeah. we're, we're gonna get more Mamacitas that we even had before, which is really exciting for them. I'm happy for these guys. I like the idea of your uncle being like, "We're gonna get ladies." Uh, <laughs> fairness, they are a similar age, so it's not it's not kind of as weird. It's a very special uncle nephew dynamic. For, yeah, uh, for also sure. funny because they're acting like they never won these titles when they lost these titles to Team Angle. So it's funny they're kind of acting like they've never been there before. Also, and, they didn't win them; they stole and, them, and, and, and they did and, not win them. And Michael Cole is like, "Would this be the stealing portion of lie, cheat, and steal?" And Taz is like, "What do you think?" Like, what yeah. a stupid thing to say. Gosh, the subtlety of a hammer. And so now the fun thing here, though, is that we get a they go to a lowrider. Yes, the so, sequiny uh, green lowrider, the first lowrider, Matt. I believe we see them in. 
I think so. I think it's well, the first time I, we see the famous lowrider. Are they in? Are they in a lowrider in their current cheat to uh, light cheat mm. steel entrance video though? Because that is another piece of the vignettes. Because we still yeah. have to have the one where they like pull up to these. I think will end up being racist guys at like a stoplight <laughs> right. or something, and they like yeah. show off their their hydraulics and maybe steal their women or something. Yes, exactly. In, if in I the correctly in the cartoony portion of uh, the SmackDown uh, vignettes, where there's sure. where people where people on the roster exist in different planes of existence, really. Where there's like Sean some O'Hare, people of exists in the in the void or exists <laughs> yes, at exactly. uh, King's Cross Station at uh, in uh, Harry Potter and Deathly he, he exists in wherever they should. He's like a, a an anti smoking ad. Really, is where he lives in one of those. Yeah, that's truth. Kind of, that's, yeah, tobacco is wacko. If you're a teen, I love the tobacco is wacko. If you're a teen, they've always left that open to be like, if you're an adult, I mean. Smoking well, because it's sponsored by a tobacco company. It's Laramie Tobacco Company. And they're like, tobacco's wacko if you're a teen. Oh, that's even funnier. But Sorry, hey, but man, I... if you're of age, smoke up there, buddy. It's, it's toasted Kentucky tobacco. <laughs> and so the lower rider that those girls get into with their tag titles, it, of course, has a La Cucaracha horn, which gets yep. a reaction. Yeah, which it, Eddie blows a couple times, which I love. Yes. Uh, and they also have it, uh, you know, it does the, it bounces on its uh, the hydraulics. He's the like, hydraulics. check out the hydraulics. And he's like, I can go back and forth and side to side. Like he's, he's really, uh, he's really into this. Yeah. And so they're in this low rider, Matt, with the yes. stolen SmackDown tag belts. Yes. They're sweaty bodies and gear. <laughs> and what do they do, Matt? What do they do? They just drive off. They leave. That's true. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do leave. leave the arena. Now, the fun thing is they do. We also get the, they cut away. Back to ringside, and Team Angle is just standing there. Uh, you know, they have their, they have Kurt Angle's portrait. They're looking on in horror. They have not chased these guys. They can't believe no, what's happening to them. Tried. Really. These are elite athletes, and they can't get on their high horse. I'm just watching these guys and, leave and the arena. Now, I, there, there have been times on the show where they have, like, Stephanie once told, like, A-Train and Big Show just to, like, leave the arena, and they have their gear. They don't yes, have any of their gear. They, they're just wearing their wrestling stuff. They, and they're, like, I think they even back. brought it up. It's like, what about our stuff? She's like, we'll send you your stuff. Get out of yeah. here. And A-Train's just, like, I think it's, like, February or something. Yes. They're just walking outside. He's just all sweaty. That's Gonna crystallize on your hair, dude. You're Weird. gonna be this cold. This is not. This is not walking around with other people. I'm an athlete. I'm gonna. I just. I wrestle <laughs> I, I, in a speedo. Give me a shower. Like, please. What is this? That'd, be, that'd be so unpleasant too. Just sweaty, sweaty and cold. Oh, it's awful. Anyway, so, so yes, Los Guerreros have the titles. Team Angle looked on in horror, and that ends there. Now, well, you said awful. Oh, uh, and that reminds me. Oh, this, we, this is. So we go backstage. And this is going to be a running thread throughout the show here. So, Elsewhere Backstage. Oh, we, great. Yes. We see Tori Wilson of SmackDown, and she's with Test, who's a guy from Raw. You might know Oh, boy. So, it's a it's a pay-per-view, so we get to see this fun crossover. That's awesome. Yes, exactly. And uh, Worthwhile. She, so, we, and it's kind of shot, Will, um, and help me describe this here. It's shot as though the camera's kind of sneaking up on them. Like, well, this is a private moment behind some, like, some some metal barricades and stuff. I was going to say, yeah, they're, they're you know, in the bowels of the arena somewhere. Uh, this is not like GTV where it's like a security camera kind of footage, but right. it is like we shouldn't be seeing this kind of footage where there's a cameraman there. And, of course, these are professional uh, TV uh, performers who don't notice a cameraman. Yes. It would seem right that they're it would seem that they have done like Tari has been like, hey, Tess, come over. You want to talk to you kind of thing. And so she tells Tess she, he's going to stop calling her and stop texting him, her. Mm-hmm. And so cell phones uh, do exist. He calls her baby, and Tori mm-hmm. said she's Stacy's friend, and she says that Tess is a jerk. So Tess is with Stacy. You know, because if you don't watch Raw, especially in 2003, this is the case here. 
Um, well, you wouldn't know if you saw uh, the Survivor Series uh, pay-per-view where Stacey's at WWE New York saying that she loves, uh, sorry, the world, yes. uh, saying that uh, everyone in the world loves testicles, uh, which right. is the fun name that Stacey, the branding uh, officer of uh, Test, uh, right. gave to Test's fans. Much like Smack Addict, only, uh, you know, much worse. I think Smack yeah, Smack Addict has beaten that one by a far, far margin. Oh, and look, I don't want to be shallow. But, I mean, are we supposed to believe that someone is cheating on 2003 Stacey Keebler? This is an absurd concept. Stacey Keebler is going to go on to... girl. I know. <laughs> she's going to go on to date George Clooney. Like, she's just like... And I mean, I, I just... I don't know. People do strange things, I guess. But anyway, hard to believe that. And so... so t- yeah. Right. Yeah. T- I, I also looked up Stacey uh, recently, and uh, I don't want to sound shallow. She looks fantastic. Great. Okay. She, I wondered about this, too. No, she she looks she looks great, but I think the point is that uh, you know he's he's with Tori's the Playboy cover girl. Tess says, you know, I know in those photos of Playboy, you're you I know the message you're sending me. Well, yeah, okay. So she calls him a jerk. He says, if I'm a jerk, you're a tease because he seems to suggest that these po- the photos in Playboy are teasing him specifically, which is a real level of you know, self-absorption that you're just like this poor, this person that I know who's posing this magazine, she's doing this for me specifically. It's like, a, well, it's she's a, doing it for it's a pretty a, broad audience, man. Yeah, I know. But every guy reads, it's like, oh, let's just give me the eyes. It's right. this crazy level of narcissism. Uh, Test, uh, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be a heel here. I mean, he, he, he uh, is yeah, well, he's extremely I'll, dastardly. Yes. So Tori goes to leave and Tess grabs her, kisses her, non-consensual kiss. They've done this on yeah, the show before. 50th on the show. Yes, uh, which was bad then, uh, is worse now. And he, so she even worse. goes to slap him, and he stops her. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's she's, I mean, it's a pretty rough outing for Tori here. Like, doesn't get any, no recourse for this, this uh, non-consensual kiss. Pretty terrible there. Now, Tori manages to get away, and as she leaves, we see that Sable, evil Sable, is evil. listening. Sable. She's listening, kind of watching on. She has kind of a bemused look on her face. Yeah. Uh, not really... Not the look that you would give in that situation. There now again, I think they're still trying to do Sable as you know a '90s erotic thriller person. Like that's kind of the, the thing they're going for here is some sort of fetal attraction character where she's even in these kind of unfortunate situations with uh, you know actual acts of violence or you know sexual violence perpetrated against yep. someone. She's kind of like, oh, interesting. Like, oh, I can kind oh of- cool. Yeah, this is yeah. this is just this and the thread of this is just all the worst uh, aspects of the soap opera. Um, uh, kind of uh, association of wrestling. It's the kind yes. of thing that if you're watching it and someone walked in the room, they would say one of two things. They would say, or both. What are you watching? And why? Uh, you're like, no, this is part of the bigger show. It's Backlash. It's The Rock against Goldberg. And we just saw uh, 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 Los Guerreros uh, against Team Angle. It was a very good match. They went 15 minutes. But this is a um, – okay, I can skip this. Well, like, you see, it's part of a brand split. And so what you need to remember, oh, person who just walked yeah. into the room, is that uh, yeah. you know, WCW Sable, was – Yes. Exists. <laughs> Start going – go back there. Be like, well – George you know, Hackenschmidt. Yes, exactly. And they had territories at the time, and the guys would vote on who would be champion. And it would be a whole thing. <laughs> see, here's the thing. It's that – Back in the late 1880s, Greco-Roman Whoa. wrestling existed, but people realized <laughs> if they kind of made it a little bit more fun, they could do it for sport, and people would pay to watch it more so. Abraham Lincoln, of course, uh, uh, he said... Famously. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. But this is this is just the worst. And the threat of this, it, it's uh, it, it's awful. But also, it, Tess, you know, forcing himself on Tory with no recourse is uh, unexcusable. Yeah. It's not It's Absolutely. not good. It's yeah. horrible. Uh, it only gets better from here. Roddy Piper's music hits. 
we're back in the arena. Piper's music comes out, it hits rather, and we have this weird thing where Piper is a heel. He comes out with a basket of coconuts because uh, this is a dig on Rikishi and on Jimmy Snuka. And a reminder, the whole coconut, coconut thing is uh, essentially a racist joke against a Pacific Islander. Uh, you know, they're like, hey, you're a, you know, you live, you're from Samoa. Throw bananas at him. Have a banana, yeah. he said. Or a pineapple. Yeah, it's all, it's all that kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. And so when the crowd is going crazy for this, these bagpipe music, they're like, oh, my gosh, they love Roddy Piper. They're a huge fan of it. They're, they're not going nuts for it there. Michael uh, Cole yeah. yes. says he made his triumphant return at WrestleMania. But you know what? That's, that's wrong tonally. He also says something wrong objectively here because Michael Cole also says that Roddy Piper, he might be the reason that Hogan is sitting at home right now. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. He literally Not isn't. at all. No. Roddy Piper on the show interfered. Together. Yeah. Roddy Piper interfered in that street fight between Hogan and McMahon at it WrestleMania. Failed. And it didn't work. Hogan Hogan won. He's Hogan is off TV because a week or two after WrestleMania, Vince McMahon announced he would pay Hogan to stay home. Piper is not involved in that. No, it's Piper not- just came out the week after and like, boy, we hate Hulk Hogan, huh? Yeah. yeah. Great. Now, are you telling me that you wish you could go back to WWE and have Vince win that match? The Piper does make sense, and that Hogan is gone because they did the most insane thing, which is they had a, a they had a stipulation where if Hogan lost, he wouldn't be in WWE anymore. He won, and a week or two later, they go, "Ah, you're still not going to be around." What? Yeah, it's so like in stupid. 2016 when Undertaker was against Shane in the Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania 32, and it was like if Shane loses, he doesn't get control over uh, either show. And then the next week, it's like, "Ah, Shane, you can have uh, Monday Night Raw." Great. Well, there you go. Happens there. So anyway, thirteen insane. years later, they still don't fix these WrestleMania stipulation matches. It's wild, absolutely ridiculous. So Piper and comes, not altogether yeah. surprising. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Piper introduces Sean O'Hare for his match. He says he's got brains and brawn. Not the first match tonight where someone's going to introduce the person before the match. <laughs> like, what's the point of this? What are we doing? Well, so, if it's Roddy Piper, like, if it's like if he's out there, we got to put a live mic in his hand and have him talk. I guess. I mean, which is so funny because I think, by the way, I think in terms of uh, on the same Wrestling Observer uh, voter for the year, in terms of like worst on screen like interviewer, I think the first one is Stephanie McMahon, which I, I, you know, she has the rest of the year to kind of be worse. And I think there could be a little bit of misogyny in there, honestly. Um, Not not to cast too many aspersions, but also uh, Piper is high on that list. And there's times yeah. this year where Piper does a bunch of stuff, and you're just like, "Shut up, dude!" Like, yeah. I, like you've, you're obviously one of the greats, but this is you were not you were only de- devaluing your heritage here, your legacy. Absolutely, and we'll be here for it the whole ride, man. I think I don't think he leaves SmackDown, does he? I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, we will see the, the entirety of his run, if I'm not mistaken. This this this, this mm. part, he comes. Right, of course, right. he'll be he'll be a tag team champion at one point too. Right, uh, he'll come back on. years later mm-hmm. and team with Jimmy Snuka. Oh, brother. Uh, so he introduces oh, Sean O'Hare. Sean O'Hare yeah, comes new out. He's a wrestler. Yes, exactly. He's wearing a leather jacket. He looks pretty cool, I suppose. And, he looks, um, I mean, his look is awesome. He is cut up look. galore. He's enormous. He's like, six, again, they, they give like his exact uh, weight, you know, height, I think he's like 6'6", six, six, two, 270, 280. He, he looks great. And I think that's where it ends for Sean O'Hare. Besides being good at these, like, you know, um, break the law promos that he does, but pre-taped, right? Yeah. Uh, looks amazing. Looks amazing. Yeah, he he seems like the guy uh, from the Vince meme of kind of like, oh, getting excited oh. and falling out of his chair. Yeah, and then falling, yeah, like comes out with the hair, like, oh, and then he, like takes off the jacket. Like, oh, all <laughs> so dumb, so there. good. Apply it to just about anything you like in life, folks. Oh, that's very good. And so we're reminded that Sean O'Hare supposedly wants to learn how to be an evil genius from Roddy Piper. But 
I have to say this too. I don't think Roddy Piper has ever been styled as that kind of heel. Like no, it, he's like he's like uh, he's just a cowardly. He's a jerk. He's uh, loudmouth. Yeah, uh, but you know what? He, so Sean O'Hare should be apprenticing with Vince McMahon. Yes, absolutely. He's yeah. right there. It's the most obvious thing in the world. If you want a guy who's an evil, de- uh, an evil damn genius. That's right. As he was recently said by Hulk Hogan. By Hulk Hogan. <laughs> then you get that's what you do. I don't. It's just it's just absurd what that what happened here. So it's so strange. The O'Hare Piper like, thing totally, is a bad fit. Yeah, and they totally uh, dis, dis, uh, get rid of the devil's advocate character. He's come on TV before. He's told people to do, you know, basically yeah. flash their body parts. That's about it, all he can come up with. He's like, yeah, you should get naked. Uh, that's, about, <laughs> that's about all he's, you know, break the law, do whatever you want. Also, uh, why don't you do it? Well, you know what? We, we Sean O'Hare has talked about in recent weeks about uh, not you shouldn't care about the food that you eat. You know, that was one That's of right. his things. I think he should be in catering, telling people to eat certain things or not eat certain things. And, you know, we do see catering. Someone get some food from catering here in, in a, just a couple of segments here. So we will see yes, more about that, we'll which see. I think Shadow Hair could have been better used thankfully, for. Thankfully, we see catering on pay-per-view. The one thing in wrestling that people have been dying to see is... I was thrilled uh, to see it. I'll be honest with you. Anytime they anytime <laughs> they set up something to make me believe that it's an actual proper backstage thing, I get such a kick out of it. It looks I think so this small. this is also like a catering set, which is even worse. It's like... Yeah. Because we'll talk about it when we get there. Surely Good the Lord. catering has to be much, much bigger for a crew that they have. It would be... I imagine it would be just oh, a yeah. whole not, area. They're not shooting and catering. People are eating. No. There would be they too have many people shot there. Oh, wait, no. That was WCW. I've seen that before where they did... I think Mayhem 99 or something like that. They like did a hardcore match. They go back there. And like clearly, they actually have a proper big uh, catering area there. So... Well, they also have a locker room in this show that I pray is not the locker room for these people. Because it is... <laughs> It makes me so angry. Anyway, it may furious. Uh, you know what's not going to make you angry, Will, is this next match here. Sean O'Hare with Roddy Piper against Rikishi. Now, this is Rikishi's first pay-per-view match as a single since, and I wrote an ellipsis, uh, and I didn't bother looking it up. When do you think it would have been his last pay- Has he ha- had a singles pay-per-view match here on the podcast? On the podcast? I don't know. I mean, my, my mind goes so. to my, my mind goes to his heel run in 2000, right? Is where it's like the Rock Rikishi, but I don't know if that. I really don't know if that's true. He probably could have really? had a singles match, but it's hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So in a very long time, the the, the commentators don't mention it probably because it would not sound good. But for Rikishi, like this no. is Rikishi's first singles pay per view match in three years. Right. I mean, it, yeah. I the thing I think about with this match is that it just feels like the match you put on a single brand pay-per-view, which don't even exist yet at this time Absolutely. in 2003. Exactly what I was thinking as well. Yeah. I was like, this should go on No Mercy 2003. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? It's rough. So, yeah. let's just get through let's it, get folks. It. Yeah. Rikishi, Rikishi chases Piper outside. Uh, Sean O'Hare attempts to sneak up on him, because that's what you do when you, when you chase a guy outside. But Rikishi had that scouted. He tossed him in the ring, and the match begins officially. Yep. Because you got to both be in the ring to start the match, of course. Um, now, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Both on your feet ready to start the match. Oh, brother. Sean O'Hare grinds the match to the hall to a halt with his head vice thing. Where he's essentially like essentially he's just got his hand on one side of your head, the hand on the other side of the head, and he's trying to move it. I don't know what he's trying to do. It's like a but, neck it's like a neck twister. Uh yes. Cole mentions right before this too that uh, Rikishi's mom is battling an illness. Yeah. I mean, it could that can be true. You don't have to mention it on the show. <laughs> like uh, is this to get Rikishi more sympathy? I would like, imagine. We don't need to know everything about these guys. You can just right. say anything else about Rikishi. That 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 felt way too personal. How great would to it be me. if just at one point they're just like John Cena had a big lunch today? Yeah, we okay. saw him in catering. Cool, good for him. He had a, he met up with some friends in Worcester and did the whole thing. 
So yeah. <laughs> while while Sean O'Hare has Rikishi in this head vice thing, the crowd is reacting to something happening in the crowd. And Michael now, Cole do we know what this talk- is? Yeah. Because this was August 2002, Matt. We knew what that was. At, we uh, did know what that was. Thank you. I'm glad you remember that, too. Yeah, at SummerSlam, there was a lady who was showing um, – Removing our Sean O'Hare was next. Well, Sean O'Hare was sitting next to her. <laughs> of course, you know what you do. He's like, I'm gonna come uh, back on TV. He's not but telling Michael, her anything. She doesn't. So know we don't know what's happening. But the cold, no. the crowd is reacting to something that is happening to. I would say uh, stage left, because it's to the right side of our screen. Sure. Yeah. Uh, now Michael Cole says, "Oh, it's, they're reacting to Piper's antics outside." But the crowd isn't looking Piper at Piper. Just, he's just standing there. Actually, no. this is the one time in the match Roddy Piper doesn't do anything. It's not. It's hey. It's not like it's Rico in October two thousand two, where he's telling everybody to shut up and they're covering oh, his ears and stuff so like that. So good. No, Get Rico it. out there instead. Switch Rico. Him. Have have Piper against uh, <laughs> in the on Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a great idea there. So, Sean O'Hare gets dropped into what I call prime stink face position, but mm-hmm. uh, O'Hare has it scouted and Rikishi gets in position. He gets kicked in the butt and uh, like, Sean leg O'Hare presses himself. him away. And the commentator's mm-hmm. like, "I've never seen that before," which can be true. And a decent, like, athletic piece of work there from Sean O'Hare, right? It also makes sense. It's like if you see these two big butts coming towards you, push it off with your face. Two. <laughs> two, yeah. two, two, two big cheeks, I would say. It's, no, it's butts. Yeah, I, people in, in stink face position do not do nearly enough to do it. Like, like essentially get, get down lower and get out of the ring. The one I mean, move they do is yeah. the uh, the shaking of the head, Matt, and the, uh, the holding up <laughs> of the hands to stop him from doing it. That is the only defense these horror. people can muster when they're in stink face position. When they're in the Raven, uh, we'll call it the Raven position, just he's just sulking in the corner. You know, Raven used to do that. Right, yeah. Uh, these people just, you know, a lot of uh, shaking of the head, holding up the hands. You, you should be reacting as if someone is bringing a chainsaw toward you. Absolutely. You get, should be yeah. acting. You should do everything in your power to get away from it because it's absolutely horrifying. That leather face of a butt is heading right towards you, man, and you don't want to get caught. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Leather butt. Leather butt. Rikishi. Heretofore known as leather butt. If you want to see something worse than a Rob Zombie movie, get in prime stink face position, you'll see that. So, yeah. So Piper comes in uh, with a coconut. Uh, in yeah. full view of the ref, and the ref's just like, "What are you? What are you doing?" Rikishi's like, "What are you doing?" And um, and then Rikishi and Sean O'Hare both kick each other. Yeah, kind of, in kind the of head spot, simultaneous kick, which like should be cool. This would be definitely in like a uh, ROH style match. You know, that year where both guys would throw a sabak kick at the same time. People would be like, right. "Whoa! Be, oh uh, man, they're so evenly matched. They kicked each other at the same well, time." They even do that in NXT. You know, in the last you know, well, that's kind of weird. So they do, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they both do the super kick thing, which yeah, will would have had roots in the ring of honor in 2002 2003 thing here for sure but it's not it's not earned here it's it yeah. just happens and it just it's just well, stupid and it leads to piper coming in again yeah uh, and then he gets Good a coconut stuff. to the head well uh, it was funny this is funny how, to me how it happens so, so roddy piper is still very funny so he comes in with the coconut and uh hands it to the ref uh and it's like whoa, whoa when rikishi sees him with it and then rikishi seals it from the ref and hits piper in the head with it yeah. And Piper bleeds a little bit, too. He bleeds a little bit. Uh, Rikishi hit, celebrates with a Superfly pose, uh, honoring hang 10 fingers. Yeah, yeah honoring alleged murderer uh, Jimmy Snuka. Uh, yeah. Now, of course, as you can imagine, that is a big distraction. That allows Sean O'Hare to hit his, I don't know what to call it, fireman's carry into a spine buster thing on Rikishi. Pretty uninspired fireman's carry move. Call it like a reverse DVD, basically. I guess. Um, Ish, but, yeah. but it's labor than that in some ways. Uh, it is that gets, that gets the one, two, three. So... We don't get an exactly convincing win for the newcomer because he has to resort to distraction to beat Rikishi. 
which is not great. Yeah, not 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 high uh, and not this high even, marks. This is not even fall 2002 Rikishi. Where Rikishi's like the number like four guy on the show, which I always forget. But if you go back and watch those SmackDowns, Rikishi's oh, yeah, like he, he was a big guy. Rikishi he, was not aided by a SmackDown pop on this show, even though the pop he got was he gets, okay. There was no no SmackDown pop uh, allowed. Uh, Piper. Like I mentioned before, is bleeding. He's really yes. selling this coconut shot on the way out. He is. Can you gimmick a coconut? Out. This is my question I had here. Are these real? Are they? Do they get the juice out of them? Are they actually? Do they pre-crack them? What do you think's the move here for these? Coconuts? Maybe they drain them. Yeah, maybe they get a little hole in them and they drain them or something. Um, you want them to be as, as as fragile as possible. Just really kind of like, just a crack. You know? Because yeah, because if you got hit by a real coconut, doesn't that kill people when coconuts fall out of trees? I wouldn't know. I mean, they, there's definitely urban legends about it. it. Might be true. Coconuts can be really right. big. Really, really big. Yeah, yeah, and heavy and hard. Uh, but these are definitely gimmick because not a drop comes out of them. They're just dried coconuts. Yeah, that's true. And speaking of hard hitting, we go back oh, backstage, boy. and Stacey <gasps> Here it is. is in catering. She's talking oh, to a guy. Oh, my God. Uh, she's now, she's a woman, of catering. course, so she's got a plate of vegetables. Well, the guy says, this is it. The boys were hungry today. And she's like, thank you. And there's two just trays of, like, beds of lettuce, and she gets herself. The tiniest black plate of a celery stick and like two radishes and like a baby carrot. And she's like, mm, this is food for a week and turns around. <laughs> Basically, so ridiculous. The tiniest plate of some vegetables. It's just, Awful. it's so like, well, you know, women can't eat food. This is, these are, you know, these are magical creatures. These we are unicorns. We feed them like rabbits, and we house them like that, too. <laughs> yes, they're treated very well. And so, well, Stacey's about to dig into the biggest oh, meal she's had all day. That's right. Uh, in walks Sable, who introduces oh. herself. And <laughs> they she, do. She should... If they do have, like, Sable's like, I need to talk to you. And Stacey's like, oh, uh, uh, nice to meet you, by the way. Oh, yes, nice to meet you. Okay. Well, uh, what did you have to say? <laughs> right, exactly. You're like, I didn't watch WWF in that 99, so you have to bear with me there. Yeah, it's uh, for the Ravens. Exactly. And so she she lies. Sable starts by lying here. She says, you know, Tori is actually going after Tess, your boyfriend here. She says that Tori gave Tess an advanced copy of Playboy, which Stacy seems to believe that she actually, she actually did have an advanced copy of Playboy, uh, which is an interesting uh, detail they try to get across here, is that he did get an advanced copy. Curious. I, I, I mean, it's, a, it's not inconceivable that, like, hey, we gave everybody in WWE an advanced copy just because we love you guys. Pretty absurd. I mean, also weird just to be in a workplace. Be like, hey, you want to see your coworker naked? Here you go. But here's hey, hey WWE ain't your mama's work workplace, man. This it's, it's a it's a We've special talked about the place. retired department before. Oh man, this is a just they open the door. This, this, this also proves a guy sweating. He's just this, going this over. also tells us that uh, Stacy's not watching the show. Yeah. Also, why is she there? Well, I presume. Okay, did she so come I mean, out with Steiner? Uh, she did not come out with Steiner. Nope. Steiner came out solo. Steiner, okay. Steiner did come out solo here. It's a great question, right? I mean, you know, I, I could presume, arguably, you could say, well, Stacy just spent the last 40 minutes looking for food backstage. Right. <laughs> she's she's scouring the, uh, the arena. Or she's like, you know, there's a thing you have to be the show, and it's like, well, I'll come a bit later. I'll grab a, I'll grab a snack, and I'll come in for, uh, you know, I want to see Goldberg, at least. My former co-worker, right. Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, my guy, Bill. But they're not, yeah, she's not watching the show here. She's not watching the show. There's no monitor out back where everyone's sitting, the whole, you know, everyone's sitting there like at no uh, way out 2003. A scant two months ago, where the think... entire lo- raw locker room was sitting there as Eric Bischoff got ready for his match against Steve Austin. 
You would also think people would be going up to Stacy and being like, uh, your boyfriend's doing real rapey things. We're g- I'm getting, getting a 80, 1980s uh, jock from a movie vibes from Test here. He's just touching yes, your friends it, here. Yeah, like a Revenge of the Nerds style jock. Yeah, this is, this is not going well. And so uh, Sable says to Stacy, she says, I even saw Tori kiss Test. And then uh, Sable leaves. She's happy that she stirred up some trouble. And so Stacy angrily throws down her veggie plate and leaves, presumably to beat up Tori. Um, yes, uh, Sable's like, oh, you know. It, 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 it's it, it it's she's like what i what i thought came uh, is is true uh, what i what i was thinking uh what i saw today confirms it stacy's like what what did you see <laughs> like such an idiot just believes anything this woman <laughs> says to her and then and yes throws whole vibe, her. her whole vibe is just like hello i'm evil i'm misleading people so right? not only does stacy not watch the show that uh, she's currently in the building of uh she doesn't watch smackdown either which is upsetting. She'd make a good smack addict. Stacy, get at us. That's right. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Get on the podcast. Happy to have you. Yeah. I also think just while we're on the topic of Stacy, because you don't talk about her a lot. Right. I, I find it weird that she doesn't do anything with WWE anymore. Maybe it's because of stuff like this, where she was like, no, I hated it back in the day. This, this is stupid. Or maybe she was fine with it. But I know she went to Hollywood. You know, she she got, she did some acting. But people, Matt, like people come back all the time, right? Like All time. Like she she wasn't in Royal Rumble or anything like that. No, she's not even like there backstage. She's not conducting an interview. Like, um, I guess Don Marie didn't come back either. Neither did Nidia. But Tori's been back a couple times. Sable actually hasn't been back. So maybe my point is moot. But well, for Sa- someone who's Sable like a has, big, this su- is Sable's return. Also, Sable's you know it's a sketch. she's like she's Fox supporting uh, the uh, the Beast Incarnate. You know she's she's back at the back of the farm, making sure that every that their whole enterprise is working. She's the wife incarnate. The wife incarnate. That'd be great. <laughs> she should totally have it. She doesn't have anything. Rena Lesnar, the wife incarnate. That's right. Uh, I pre- I presume she's just going to PTA meetings, being like, you know, what Deborah said behind your back. Did you hear about that? Just, you know, just <laughs> she's wearing the same outfit too. But by the way, her you know, if your husband is... couldn't eat my husband, I would really have a problem with you, Rena. But as it stands right now, your husband scares me to death, and <laughs> so he's so okay. rich. It's okay, steaks in the school cafeteria lunches every day. Everyone's getting steaks. <laughs> That's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they get top knots. You're like, well, what's the stupid hair? It's like, do not talk about the, the Lesnar kid's hair. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's going to throw your dad through a window. <laughs> RVD and Kane are in the back. Oh, we're still in the back. Great. We're in the back there. We're doing more raw content here. Rob Van Den is worried about Chief Morley, the former oh, no. Val Venus, uh, the chief of staff for, for Raw, because he's going to referee their match. And Ravi. I like being champion, he says. You know, he worries they won't be able to win because Morley's so against them. And Kane more or less just says, like, we're, but we will win. Uh, yeah, he's and like, Kane, we can handle it. We'll be fine. Kane just, like, a normal guy wearing a mask, you know, kind of almost Excalibur level, just like a dude in a mask talking here. He's not nothing like, oh, I think not, we'll win. No, he's not scooping on a voice. He just sounds like Glenn Jacobs, mayor of Knox County, yeah. uh, which is a good reason they give him a big reset later on this summer, which which he, you know, I think by this point needs because you're right, he's just a big guy in a mask. Like, okay, yeah, I don't I mean, exactly, you know, big guy in a mask, a very very big guy in a mask, very very still big. just a big guy in a mask. So our next match here, Rob Van Dam and Kane, they are the World Tag Team Champions. They are defending their titles against the Deadlies, and Chief Morley is a special referee, and so Chief I Morley like comes up first. Chief, yeah, Chief Morley mm-hmm. comes up first. He's wearing a ref shirt that fits. Mm-hmm. And track pants. Yeah. He's just dressed. He doesn't have the Shawn Michaels booty shorts. He doesn't have the Vince McMahon boys medium shirt. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the Jacqueline, uh, you know, or the Sable ref uh, attire. 
If it, he should have had that attire. That, that would be yeah. totally appropriate for the guy who was Valvinus that he's wearing some sort of like, uh, right. tied up top there. Well, and Chief Morley, he gets on the ropes and he does his Valvinus thing. His he does the points. Thing. He does the, the Valvinus points. Yeah. Yes, I noticed that too. It's like, so he's are like, you not yeah. the same character or what? I why, are you, why are you posing for the crowd? What's happening here? like, oh, I got to get my Chief Morley photograph. I know he's here. I bought this ticket to see Chief Sean Morley. This guy. Sean Morley. Yeah, gosh. I wish they would explain... <laughs> Yeah, it just has a different name than he did before. That's fine. Anyway, this is a Raw match. And so on the SmackDown 6 podcast, we don't cover Raw matches generally. I will say that the last match of the night we do cover, or we'll talk we'll about cover. it at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, we, you know, I'll, we'll skip to the end for these ones here. And here's how it ends. So Devon beats on Chief Morley. So this is interesting here. The Dudleys are essentially the, the heels of this match. But Devon is kind of, he's been at odds with Bubba Ray. Bubba Ray's been more heelish, I guess. And so he, so Devon beats up the referee because he's openly cheating and Devon's not down with that. They're just beating up the ref. Yep. Yeah. And so they even get a 3D on the guy. So Sean yeah. Morley, Chief Morley gets 3D'd from, by the Dudleys. In flies Lance Storm because I believe he's kind of the tag partner of, of Chief Morley. Yeah. And uh, he gets dropped by Bubba and sent out of the ring. A the huge, 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 greatest huge bubble, bomb. bubble bomb I have or will ever see. It was amazing. I, his feet were two feet above his own head for a solid five seconds. Yeah, it was incredible. So I, the I, bubble like, bomb is yeah, it's it's the full where where Bubbery Dudley gets the guy in the full Nelson, his both arms behind his head thing, and then lifts them up and drops them on their keister. And their butt, yeah. And when Landstorm gets the end up in the air, as Will is saying here, he is so high in the air it's for such a sustained amount of time. His legs are like flying V'd out, just yeah. pinned straight, just up, and they stand out, and then he gets dropped uh, in the <laughs> yes. bubble bomb. It I mean, amazing. it looks like it looks like if Bubba covered him, he get, get like a five count on him. Like he just like <laughs> right. actually yeah. kills it with the bubble bomb. Big E would be very excited. And so Lance Storm thrown out of the ring after that, but then RVD gets a frog splash. A referee runs out, and Rob Van Dam and Kane retain. And so the heel tag team beats up the evil referee, and they end up losing. Yeah, well, the Dudleys, are they supposed to be heels? Or are they just like, I think they're supposed to be like made because they beat up Trish uh, also, but they're like, they're like made to do it or something. They're like well, doing Bubba it did, against Bubba their will. Well, Bubba cheated at WrestleMania, the, the, the pre show at WrestleMania 19. He like, um, mm, I think right, he right, elbow right. dropped Rob Van Dam. Yeah, and Rob, yes, that's when he elbow drops Rob Van Dam from a standing position. Bubba drops a standing elbow, and Rob Van Dam sells it for like 25 seconds. And he loses. That's what he beats. He's he like a dusty elbow match. on the guy. It's not utterly ridiculous. There's also a low blow, Matt, in this yes. uh, match uh, that becomes a running theme throughout the night. Mm, yes, there's a lot of running. low blows in this show too. It's true. Which is uh, uh, it's different the variations. Show is a low on blow too. on the. Yeah, yeah. There's one the Rock does later on. Just punches him. Just a real. Just boom. That's would, great. Would hurt more than I could even dream to imagine. Uh, but you know what? Hey, in case you forgot, guys, there's a running theme throughout the running thread throughout the show. Start we're following, and so we go backstage and right. we find Stacy Keebler. Yeah, and let me paint the picture when she opens this door. But go ahead. <laughs> I, I can't believe this. Well, well we have to talk about the commentary too, because Jerry Lawler is on commentary here, and Stacy oh. Keebler walks into the women's locker room. Yeah, and Lawler makes just like this this excited noise. It's always horrifying whenever Lawler gets like worked up there. Uh, now, a uh, first blush here it appears that everyone is fully dressed, so they're in the room. So they're in the this door is labeled yes. women's locker room. Yes. Stacy, heavy sigh, opens the door. Matt, what do you think's missing from this locker room? Is there anywhere to put their stuff? There's not a single locker in the locker room. Are there, there cubbies? A, are there at least there, cubbies that are sectioned out a, here? No, their suitcases are on the floor. <laughs> they have chairs to sit on. 
Right. There's a cross beam on the uh, on the left side wall mm-hmm. with hangers. That's what they're hanging their stuff off of. So okay, so this is this is par for the course for how they treat women on the show in some ways. This is absolutely par for the course. It's just it, it it's like if that happened today and they showed it, Twitter would lose their minds, Matt. Yeah. And be like, can you believe that? Or at least one of them would like you know tweet a picture of like you know their their fire festival lunch that they probably get or their their. <laughs> you know, Stacy got her fire festival lunch. She got, she's she bring, she's the floor. bringing it back for the whole locker room. No, probably she, that's for everybody. That was for everybody. The men <laughs> ate all the food. The guys were really hungry today. Stacy only got a little. And then she's like, you know what? This is a toxic work environment. I'm throwing this down. I'm not. I'm not doing it. So I love the idea. yes, at a wrestling it, show, they also have enough. They're like, oh, the guys are really hungry. Yeah, you have a, you have a, you know 50 athletes in here. I'm sure you just have chicken parm and rice and no stuff like that. No catering on earth that doesn't have like so much food left over that the caterers take home. Man, like that's how they feed their families. <laughs> Absolutely. So this locker room, yeah, bags on the floor, stuff hanging from the crossbeam, sitting mm-hmm. on chairs. These women, by the way, so I'll tell you, I'll run down who's who's there, okay? This, this, this is who's there. It's women's locker room. There's Molly Holly. There's Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. There's Victoria. Mm-hmm. There's Nydia. Mm-hmm. And there's Dom Marie. Yeah. Not a single one of them has anything to do on this show. Do not show up on camera before this. But they're all there yeah. with their bags and like in various states of undress. Um, yeah. So... We see someone come out of the shower later on. Shows up in a second as well, in in a completely crazy like, how did you come up with this spot? Yeah. So okay, I want. I'm gonna I'm gonna say these things, but interrupt here because I've simplified this. Please. Uh, So Stacy finds Tori. Tori says she didn't kiss Test. Test kissed. Thank God, you know. She's like, oh, I was yes. going to tell you, but oh, the classic miscommunication thing where they both think the other person knows what they're saying, but they actually mean different things, and so. Uh, you know, in Stacy's Stacy's situation, I kind of get because Stacy is saying she's confronting Tori. Says you kiss Test, and te- te- Tori says I didn't. I he kissed, he kissed me, me, which yeah. is you know debatable there. So Stacy calls her a B word. Yeah, the B word comes up a lot her. tonight, and smacks her, and they start fighting. They pull her apart. Jerry Lawler, ever classy, he yells, "Pull her top, pull her hair, pull her top!" Is what Jer- uh, Jerry the King mm-hmm. Lawler says. Yeah, tremendous. Um, About his coworkers, Pete Lacy's backstage legend so while this is happening they start fighting obviously the women go to to kind of pull them apart ivory in a towel like mm-hmm. she came out of a shower right. exits nope. a bathroom holding a cat she's she holding a cat her I... cat and the cat runs away so this is years before natalia would probably bring her cat on the road and i and ivory's just there with a cat why why is she there? First of all, why is she there in the first place? The cat Second is of all, why is your cat there? I'm a big cat guy, Matt. Love cats. Why is a cat there? Absolutely. I I, I I did not catch the cat. I was, you well, know, I I'm... I hope it, someone caught the cat. Because the cat's got to go home. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's like it's like we see it like, uh, you know, stadiums uh, sometimes. Uh, you know, I think uh, it was MetLife Stadium a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it happened in baseball this year. This is a cat there, right? This yeah. like, runs on the field. So yeah. th- that's probably how the, the Worcester Centrum... Uh, center on the green on the tavern on the arena stadium got their cat so i'm surprised they didn't go for the you know they, they could have made a baby face star by having someone save the cat early on in the show oh so that yes. you identify with that person and that's the name of that writer i can't remember but oh, save okay. the cat yeah. screen it's a famous screenwriting book it's a it is a famous yes let's clarify this is a famous screenwriting book called save the cat yes uh, which is a you know a, a, a screenwriting trope anyway matt they have a, a cat fight and we're all done 
with this. So this is this is good. And you want to talk about whiplash for like especially the women's division between what happens now and what yep. happens next. Yeah. <laughs> then you, if you're talking about whiplash, you talk about this. Yeah. So next up, we have an actual match between two women who are not backstage but are actually wrestling on the show. Shock of shocks. We have Jazz with Teddy Long. Theodore Long, they specify. Theodore Long, sorry. Yes, that's the time where he's Theodore Long. Uh, I call him Teddy. We're close. Uh, and they're going up against Trish Stratus, who is the current women's champion. And this is a Raw match. So we're going to skip to the end. Can I say and, something to them? Sorry. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this match also starts out with Theodore Long on the mic. Yes, he introduces Another her match there. that starts with talking, mm-hmm. who says that Jazz is going to rise above prejudice and bigotry. Mm-hmm. And Jazz says the bee is back and the bee is black. And just so much. And apparently Jazz's move is called the bee plant, which is very funny. Uh, her finisher is called the bitch plant? Yes, it's called. Well, I don't know if that's What is that a play on words on? What is that? Um, I don't know. She just plants her onto the onto the ground. It's like, um, who is, is it? Um. It's like Beth Phoenix. What's Beth Phoenix's move that Edge did at uh, SummerSlam? The Glam Slam. It's like the Glam Slam where you just pick her up and and, and drop her on her on her face. So she did that to Trish on a on a table that was like laid out, not like set up, but it was just, like, laid out on the ring. But Jazz hits that move early in the match and it doesn't end it anyway. Okay, yeah. We, the other thing I noticed is uh, Charles Robinson is refing very flat, very fresh bleach job. On, yes, uh, on Charles Robinson. His hair was yeah, his hair was very fresh. I noticed that too. Uh, I also like they're they're really getting a lot of mileage out of like characters who are kind of right, but they're heels, which they've done before with Nation Absolutely. of Domination, where they have like yes. they have African American wrestlers come out and they go like the people treat us badly, down. and the yeah. fans are like boo, and you're like that's true. We hate you. It's like Great. it's like Lorenzo Stance being like Americans are too. They're <laughs> trying to build empires, and you're like that's true. No, that's yep. very we we're dealing with it currently actually. Absolutely. Like, do they not care about the climate? You're like, you guys are, you could run for office. So it's a <laughs> raw match. And the ending is, is quite remarkable. I saw someone online kind is. of uh, make it akin to like an NWA finish because Trish hits the Stratus faction, which yep. uh, is the, the springboard bulldog that she does. And so Theodore Long breaks the pin by throwing his shoe. Who throws a shoe? Honestly, he threw his shoe. And he, and he turns around and blames the guy in the front row. Very, it's, very funny. Very yeah. funny, actually. He's just, like, standing there with one shoe on. It's like, no, it was, it was that guy. It was that, it was guy, that guy there. So Jazz takes advantage. She rolls up Trish. That gets two. Trish goes for Stratisfaction again. That gets turned to a sunset flip that Trish has on Jazz. But Jazz grabs Trish's legs to cover her, and she grabs the ropes, and she gets the one, two, and the three, making her women's champion. So Trish loses her title. Ending her uh, so 28-day so reign. <laughs> she had a yeah, she she, WrestleMania four weeks ago WrestleMania. Victoria, she won right? the title and she's gotten rid of it. Yeah, she won an Unforgiven, lost it at Survivor Series, won it at WrestleMania, lost it here at Backlash. Great. Great there stuff. There it is. Yeah, she's killing it there. Jazz, uh, Jazz, by the way, is still active, I believe, in wrestling. She uh, might have in, just retired, I, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I think. Sorry. So active as of like quite recently. Very recently. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, and Trish kind of um, you know, doing her stratosphere uh, yoga. Fine match from from these two, but just you know the the way we saw the other women treated on the show, it's like it's it's weird the kind of uh, disconnect between these and uh, the other women. Absolutely, and we yet we are not we're not out of the woods yet in terms of uh, ladies oh, on the show. Oh, you're right. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're the thrilling conclusion uh, is ahead. <laughs> Booker T is in the locker room with Shawn Michaels. Oh, we're back in the locker room. Right. This one may be a bit better uh, set up here, and Booker T asks Shawn if he's ready. Sean goes, yep, and they turn their attention to Kevin Nash. <laughs> yep. Who claims to be ready to. No, Kevin Nash is wearing a Diesel-esque top. And Will, what, is it, what, is it, what does it say? It says Big Daddy. Big Daddy. 
There you yeah. go. And we're not talking about Bioshock, folks. We're talking about Big Daddy Cool, WCW known as Big Sexy, uh, Kevin Nash. Yeah, why don't you have Big Sexy on that? That make more sense. But anyway, Big Daddy, you could sell a lot of Big Daddy stuff now. I mean, that's just that's only you know rising in popularity now. I mean, come on, ProWrestlingTees.com. Yeah, different uh, different audience, but it's a whole thing. Next up, Big Show going up against Rey Mysterio. And um, instead of a video package, we get Cole and Taz narrating clips from the last couple of weeks where Rey embarrassed Big Show twice, once by 619ing him and dropping on his butt, and the second time causing Big Show to lose by countout against Tajiri. And like we mentioned earlier, uh, Rey did that by hitting Big Show into a ring post in full view of the referee, which would be called cheating and disqualification, a disqualifying offense. And Big Show fell on his butt. <clears throat> yes. I don't yeah, love yeah. the the move here in wrestling. Like, he 619 him, and, and uh, he embarrassed him. It's like, he should be hurt by that. It should cause pain to him. He's a wrestler. That's Ray's setup for the West Coast spot, which actually, I would say, six, I put 619 above the West Coast pop. 619's like, bam, and the West Coast pop seals the deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, they make they make a lot of uh, hay out of the size differential between these two guys. As you do, this whole match is the size differential match, right? It's, it's yeah. Small guy uh, and... Uh, weird, uh, weirdly hot take ish. It's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's it's not a bad big guy against little guy match. Um, for what it is show, for its length, absolutely. Big Show when he comes out, um, zero reaction. This is like mm-hmm. him coming out of Royal Rumble 2012, where he comes in the middle of the Rumble and we're like, you know, everyone counts him down and it's just him and people. Uh, yep, that's what they say. They say that you know who was you know who was high up on the Wrestling Observer newsletters readers list for uh, most overrated wrestler that year. <laughs> I I mean I couldn't imagine it would be Big Show, would it? It was quite 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 high to the top. Undertaker oh. was also near there for overrated. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. Get yeah. these things here, and so <laughs> Big Show comes down to the ring. He's extra mad looking tonight because he was embarrassed. But clearly, someone was like, "Look like you're real mad. Like you like you have not stopped being steamed for the last you know 17 days or whatever it's been since the last show. I guess 10 days probably since you got." embarrassed on that smackdown and so ray comes out but you know ray you know he usually pops out of the stage but the stage is just floor so he has a special little box essentially that he pops out of here they build him a special box to jump out of yeah. guys on the crew had to be like all right so he set up that scaffolding there make sure you get that light over there and get the ray stage you guys yeah make a little box for this little guy he's gonna jump out of it make he's sure gonna pop out of the sky of course he's, well who is that Oh, REY, Mysterio. Here we go. Here we go. Um, there's a sign in the crowd, Matt, I noticed right off the top. It's uh, black lettering on a uh, orange sign that says, Big Show Loves Share. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> I just have to make a note of that. I love like, what, the, what does that mean? Pre inter- you, the early like internet meme independent? stuff is so weird. I don't know. It's just like this all sorts of like, it's, yeah, it's like. It's so show. random. It's like, it's yeah. funny because it's random. Is exceedingly okay. random. And so the bell rings when Ray is on the floor, which makes no sense to me here. It makes no sense to anybody who should yeah. appreciate the rules of wrestling. Right. Big Show's on the Big Show is in the ring. Ray is on the floor. Ray is being apprehensive trying to get in. The bell rings anyway. The match has begun. Which if I'm Ray, I'm like, hey, I'm trying to get in the ring and not be, you know, trying to deal this with this. This is a here. tactic. I know the rules of wrestling. If yeah. I get in there with him, the bell rings. It's an official match. If I'm just out here, I can go and come out. I can I can hit him with a chair. I can do whatever I want. I'm okay. smart. Ray's smart. He's a cagey veteran. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, Big Show, so, I guess. So Big Show follows him outside, and so Ray just gets in the ring. And so Ray hits a springboard dropkick, and he pounces on Big Show a couple times. But then Big Show just tosses him down, and he slaps his chest really hard. Woof, Yeah. And Big Show, he he uh, he reaches out of the ring to grab Ray. He grabs him by the head and lifts him into the ring. Now, the, 
they sell it to us like he's palming his head, but Ray is grabbing Big Show's hands, to be clear. No, I know. It, it's, it is one of my favorite Big Show spots, though, that he can do with little guys. Like, we know how it works, right? Yes, Ray is, like, pulling it, like, holding He's holding on. on he's arm. holding on. Yeah. Yes. So, but it looks like Big Show's palming his head and picking it up. It actually looks kind of cool. Michael yeah. Cole says, Mysterio's head looked like a grape in Big Show's hand. <laughs> that doesn't make you sense. had a grape before, buddy? Have you been? To, you probably have. You were catering today. You ate all the food, Michael Cole, didn't you? Yes, OB. Does Big Show have a small hands then? If, if a grape fills up his whole hand? <laughs> you know what it's I mean? not or saying that Mysterio's head looks very small, but like a grape. Like you pinch a grape between your. That would be a big grape, I'm That would be a big grape. Well, yeah, well, I'm showing a grape me, in my fingers. Know, what, what I would um, argue is a kumquat size. Uh, <laughs> fruit there. Well, okay, listen, we'll save that for the, the Fruit Down Six. Yeah, podcast. We're doing uh, my fruit week. addicts, of course. The, the fruit addicts. So Ray is outside the ring, and uh, he grabs a chair from out, under the ring. And so Big Show is heading towards Ray, and he swats the referee away. So the referee is not really going to see here. So Ray hits him on the head with a chair. Yeah, which I guess the ref doesn't see it. Is he also uh, deaf? Great, great point. Yeah, we do hear the chair hit him on the head with a chair to the head kind of noise. <laughs> chair to the head kind of yes. Well, you, no, it makes like a very specific like chair hitting the head. Uh, sound, but it, not unlike this. Like... <laughs> Ow! Right. Sorry. Do that? That was I don't know. Just yeah. I got, I got, I got connections. Uh, yeah, I just hit Will with an unprotected chair shot on the podcast. Just as, as an example, it sounds like this. Will crack you on that. <laughs> so Ray follows up with the the chair shot with a senton, and that only gets two. And then so Ray Ray goes. He hits three six one nines. He hits a six one nine to Big Show's gut. He hits yep. one to his knee and he hits one to his head, respectively. Very cool. Uh, All Taz calls out, really of well. course. He calls it an 1857. Very impressive. Uh, three times six. Of math there from our guy Taz. Yeah, okay. I, one of those things where Ray's like, I'm going to get three six one nines on him today. So if you want to you know, do the math, you can call it. Well, how much is that? Oh, yeah. Hey, what's going on with Because you know how you add up uh, area codes? So if you have to call San Diego three times, you actually put 1857 and then the phone number. You didn't That's know right. that? If you want to call me, you got to go three times. You got to call twenty seven oh four oh six. Sorry. <laughs> ah, so you, you had the math ready for that one. Well, of course, as soon as you start saying that, I'm in my head, I'm like, oh, it's not just three. <laughs> uh, and so Ray follows it up with a springboard something, but he's caught. He's not really. He's not really going for a West Coast pop. He just yeah. gets caught. He gets a choke slam from Big Show, who slams him down, and he pins him. One easily. choke slam. Yeah. Take that, Ray. You lose your baby cruiserweight. Was my note here. Because <laughs> that's how you treated him. It's just like Big Show. If he gets one grip on you, boom, you're dead. And so Big Show leaves the ring, and the ref waves out some EMTs. And I was like, really? "It's Is Mike Sparks. Don't forget, it's Mike. It's Mike Sparks. Okay, thank you, Mike. Uh, who's turning uh, 25 today? Because uh, <laughs> he's just got his license. Yes, exactly. They keep it out. <laughs> keep announcing his birthday in this podcast. Uh, and again, like, is Ray that much of a little baby? Like, he just got choke slammed. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna get the EMTs out for this guy." I think like, he's a wrestler. Like, please. They and they sell it like Ray's never fallen from this sort of hype before. Even though like last year he dove off the top of a cage, he's done. He's taken uh, a, a whole lot of punishment, and this makes him look not good. They they even do the, the the quiet voice thing, and they don't do it as bad as they've done at other times there. But they do the thing they go, you know, Ray. I don't know, you know, you what we're we're seeing. It's tough with the EMTs, and you're like, all right, they're they, really exaggerating too. They're like, so Big Show, seven feet tall, he has Ray up in the. <laughs> Just yes. like that's twelve feet in the air. Like, isn't you sure about that? I don't think so. Twelve feet in the air. Is Big Show ten one? Is that what he, is? That what I'm seeing? I guess so. He's he's incredible. He's not, he's very high in the air, but all the same. So EMTs come out and they put Ray on a bright orange spine board or whatever it's called. Yes, my word. Yeah. Thank you. And we get a fair. This is a fairly famous moment here. What's happening here yeah. for, for for the wrong couple reasons. reasons? Yeah. And so Ray is on an orange spine board. 
uh, his arms are strapped to the side, so he can't. He's like completely unprotected. He's got his legs so, strapped in, his arms strapped mm-hmm. in, and a strap over like his collarbone. Yes. And so they get him almost out of the ring before Big Show comes back and he throws the EMTs away. And so here's the famous moment because Big Show grabs Ray on the spine board and essentially he's he's, he's kind of holding him like a baseball bat like you would, right? Yep. And, he's, and so he goes to swing him with the spine board and he swings Ray into the post, which, you know, when you think about it, if you're imagining the situation, he had hit him into the post and you're like, oh man, his back, it would look like it would really hurt his back. Maybe Absolutely. not as much if he turned it around and hit him ribs first into it there, but Ray's completely unprotected. The yep. problem is yep. he hits him into the post, and then immediately he drops Ray. And so if you remember what I, how I just described it, the spine boy, Ray's arms are completely pinned to his side. So Ray has no protection here at all. And so when the spine board hits the, the, the ring post and it falls, it's falling at an angle. And the first thing that hits the ground, which is thinly covered concrete, uh, is Ray Mysterio's face his forehead essentially hits first and it looks very bad he cannot protect himself at all i will semi-correct you the for some reason the arm strap comes off it does come loose but he doesn't he can't protect himself with his arms he still can't protect himself you're 100 right even though his arms are loose gets hit against the post big show drops it and he he basically lawn darts almost head first onto the concrete floor not protected at all, just dropped by Big Show, and Big Show just walks away, and now it's a problem. But they're still selling that it was a choke slam that did this to him. Yes, and so Big Show leaves as Ray gets sent to again. Now, here's the thing: there's a few things to talk about with the specific incident because, you know, supposedly Big Show said he dropped him by accident because when he hit him against the ring post, it vibrated his hands more than he realized, and he couldn't he couldn't hold on. Which kind of makes sense. Like it's they rehearse this. They would, well, they, that's they the thing I don't get. Like, so do, do a walkthrough. Grab this stuff. Like, g- g- don't even put a guy on it, but just like hit the yes. thing into the post and be like, "Show, is that okay with you?" They do this stuff all the time. Where I'm, well, I presume they just go, "Oh, we'll just do it there and it'll be fine." I just don't get why they would do this. It's just anyway, they don't. And so Ray gets dropped, and apparently, this is this is all rumors. It's hard to get any stuff confirmed here. Big Show got a lot of heat backstage for this, as they say oh, in wrestling. Where absolutely, people were very he mad at him. He's not taking care of his opponent. It's a cardinal sin in wrestling. And two people that I saw stated on a couple of occasions there, someone who's really mad at Big Show there, Vince. Yeah, he should yeah. be. So, man, yeah. you should see Big Show. Man, you should see where oh, he is he next pay-per-view. buried, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He gets buried at the next pay-per-view. Yeah. yeah. He, he, you won't see him for a while. Definitely not in the world title match. Good grief. No. Anyway, so Vince is mad at him, but not mad enough to be like, damn it, man, you're still so big. Uh, I can't see him mad at you. I guess it's probably what Vince said at one point. I have to imagine. You're still seven feet tall. You're still 500 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That's a Paul Heyman reference from back. That's what all, every time Paul Heyman would come out there, we were talking about him, his giant client. That's also right. mad at Big Show this time uh, from a distance, Edge. Uh, so okay. I don't, I don't know if he's texting. Uh, he's just, you know, giving Big Show grief for his. That was everybody, messed up. And he would, <laughs> I know I would come to shows late, but I would always rehearse. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So despite, our, you know, he was Ray's tag team partner uh, back before he was uh, put on the shelf for his neck injury there. So, yeah. Big show, dropping Ray, uh, and it's unfortunate there. But it's a fairly, you know, one of the more famous moments on the show. One of the things kind of worth remarking upon in a show that is otherwise considered one of the worst of the year. Pretty uh, unremarkable, except for this awful, <laughs> this yeah. awful spot in the middle. Of if it. you haven't seen it, I would Google Big Show Ray Mysterio backlash because it's worth at least seeing. Because it, Ray is fine, which is the good thing about this is that Ray. I mean, he could have been, you know, very hurt, could have a concussion, could be out for a while. He, as far as I know, he's not. You know, he's. Right. I mean, we still don't know the long-term, long-term effects of this stuff, uh, but Ray, 
he's wrestling uh, now yeah. and seems to have his wits about him. So nowadays, yeah, he seems well, unless he can't get his son Dominic on track. I mean, come on, man, this is a big problem. <sighs> I know. No? Good point. So Lillian Garcia is backstage. She's interviewing Triple H, Ric Flair, and Chris Jericho. One half of the six man tag team match tonight. What a motley crew. Yeah, Evolution already kind of exists at this point, so I'm not sure why it's Jericho and not. I guess they're trying to slap together three feuds from WrestleMania or kind of the next month. Yeah, that's kind of a backlash thing, right, Matt? It's like backlash. Like They even went so far as in 2020 to say it's WrestleMania backlash. Thanks, guys. We had no idea. Appreciate it. But the the backlash is basically kind of like a WrestleMania hangover of sorts, if if, if you can call it that, which is like we got some unfinished business from WrestleMania. So we're gonna have this uh, other pay per view and kind of tie up some uh, some 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 storylines here. Now the sad thing about this is that each of the three guys takes time to say to give grief to uh, one of the guys who like is such a specific guy on the other team. Yes. So it's like I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Yeah, and so the thing that's a bummer here is that Booker T is now feuding with Ric Flair instead of Triple H. So Booker T was in the title match at WrestleMania, and now instead of feuding with Triple H, Triple H has moved on to Kevin Nash. Booker T's on to Ric Flair. And, and, T- and Triple H moved on to Kevin Nash because what did Kevin Nash do? He just showed up. He showed up. Now, Booker T, now, the sad thing about this is that I think RVD did the exact same thing in the fall where he faced Triple H in September at Unforgiven in the main event for the the world, the Raw main event for the, t- yeah. for the world title there. Yeah, and, the the and then the next month he's against Ric Flair and No Mercy. <laughs> yes, so it's just like Ric Flair's getting all the, uh, um, I don't know, I don't know what the sloppy seconds is. I don't know if you could say that in wrestling or not, but anyway. That's what's happening. Chris Jericho just... did that from Judgment Day 2002 to SummerSlam 2002. Yeah, uh, wow. But not the same. Not the same thing. But yes, he was against yeah, they... uh, Triple H and then he was against Ric Flair. Yeah. Uh, uh, this, uh, yeah, this is all like a, a three man interview being conducted by Lillian Garcia. Yes. Who uh, Jericho can't help himself. First of all, Jericho has the worst mustache he's ever had. He's just starting <laughs> to grow this like handlebar mustache. It looks awful. Yeah. Uh, but he calls her Vivian, uh, which is calls her Vivian. very funny. Solid, solid uh, reference there. Uh, now, the weird thing is, so Lillian goes to leave, but they're like, the interview's not done yet. She's gone through every guy. So, you know, Triple H says some stuff. Uh, he's got Nash or something. Chris Jericho's going to, you know, make the Heartbreak Kid tap out, um, unlike he could at WrestleMania. And, uh, yes, Ric Flair's like, and I got you, Booker T. Great. And then Lillian leaves. So <sighs> Triple H has to be like, we're not done. I tell you when we're done. He's like, he's still talking, is what uh, Jericho says. So right. She goes to leave. She's like, this has to be over. But of course, like any Triple H thing, it's like, it's not. Yeah. It, it has longer. to keep going. Why? Yeah, and I, I don't even remember what he says. There. He's just like, we're going to win or something. I don't even remember what he says. It was not worth coming back. She should have kept walking. Yeah. Uh, no, Jericho does touch her hair as he leaves. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> this is another weird moment no, there. I, but I hate that. Come that's a, it's a heel move, but yeah, they kind of they kind of go the, the test school of heel acting there. Speaking of. Yes. Stacey oh. Tori are backstage. They are fighting in the camera. They're slapping They're... each other. Listen, wars. the camera's doing the thing where we cut to the camera. The camera is rushing towards these women who are beating each other up here. Yeah, just and outside, like ba- barely outside of the women's locker room. They're, they're fighting. They're near all this equipment. And Tori tosses Stacey into a cabinet. Whoa. And she hits the cabinet. And then a bunch of stuff falls on her head, which I don't yeah, know how you gimmick that. Tupperware of like makeup falls on her head. Yeah. And that's kind of that kind of ends the uh, that moment there. And so Scott Steiner pokes his head out of a door nearby. He finds oh, Stacey. God. Yeah. And he picks her up and to take care of her there. And so Test comes up and he goes, Well, he finds her. He says, What are you doing with my girl? And Scott Steiner leaves Stacy with Test. And he calls Scott Steiner a loser. And Test yells at Stacy. He's Test. like, What are you doing with him? Yeah. Yeah, Test really making a meaning for himself here. And so Michael Cole and Taz, they know this is all Sable's fault. Coming back to that there. <laughs> Great. Worth it. Yeah. 
And then they, they go to promote the song Remedy by Cold, which is Backlash's theme, the theme song tonight. Another one of those examples of a song, Matt. It could be Remedy by Cold. It could be Cold by Remedy. Right. Who knows? It's not a good... It's a very 2003 song. It's like... That kind of uh, awesome style of uh, singing. That was very prominent in 2003. That was Building by Milk. Or was that Milk by Building? I don't know. You, no, you no, can just say no. pick any number of things. You're like, oh, Paperweight with the song. <laughs> Chocolate. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there's... Now, I will say, Michael Cole does... He deems the song kicking. Yeah, and uh, it's a kiss of death right there, buddy. And Michael Cole's like... Michael Cole thinks the song rules. Yeah. Uh, Michael, Michael Cole, who, like, if you're listening to Nickelback in your room, he comes in and is like, whoa, what's this heavy? This is pretty heavy. What's going on here? <laughs> is this Slayer? <laughs> so next up, the reason Michael Cole and Taz are talking is because they got the next match. The next match is the WWE Championship match. Brock Lesnar is defending his title against John Cena. Ooh. In a, in a feud that has, you know, stretched from before WrestleMania to this very moment, even though... Mm-hmm. John Cena had a grievance and he had to earn a title shot. And that's what we see in the video package beforehand. I love the package that features all of John Cena's raps. Matt, if you can believe it, I was rapping along with him. Absolutely. Yeah, it's John Cena, he's sitting in his chair at what we, I guess we were supposed to believe is his kitchen, I think is what we settled on. Yeah, he's rapping in, in his grief for Brock Lesnar. We have five minutes to a ring post. Um, and, uh, something I have to ask too, though, how come no one's ever worked that uh, very real, super duper legit knee injury of John Cena? Yeah. John Cena just went through hell. He went through, he went through uh, you know, they talk about it multiple times. How he went through Eddie Guerrero and their Taker and Benoit to win the shot. No one ever worked the knee. You would think that would be the most no obvious one ever thing thought, in the world. You know, Benoit's, I think, done the sharpshooter before. Eddie has a lasso from El Paso. Undertaker, you know, could have found a way to, to, to work it or, or work a knee bar or, or something. Nobody did any of that stuff, Matt. All the baby nope. faces look so stupid because they didn't yeah. work the one guy's weakness. The one thing that he's been like rapping about for months is like you maybe you almost ended my career. You're like, well, I would I would at least step on the knee. Can we start with stepping on the knee? You can do anything else, maybe just make him hobble a bit. You have to make him yeah. submit. I don't know how bad you make me feel, all the way from my hip right down to my heel. You know, that's pretty yeah. good. Oh man, uh, we hear uh, about how great Brock is after we hear how great you know, so Cena wins his matches, and the video package turns to Brock how great he is, how he survived the shooting star press that went bad at WrestleMania. And yeah, survived we, his own move that he did to himself. Yes. Once again, Taz calls Brock damn near subhuman, which again would mean that he's less than human. Not superhuman. Subhuman is worse than that. And they, get, they, which should have been the song for this pay-per-view by Metallica off the um, uh, S&M album. There we go. I was, I was thinking the exact same thing. Well, it's crazy that we thought the same thing. Oh, man. That's, um, oh, cool. So Cena comes out first. And yep. he's wearing Yankees stuff. He's wearing Yankees gear. He's got like a, a Yankees jersey and like, a, is that a do-rag? I don't know if that counts as a do-rag or not. I'm not sure what that That's is. like a toque or a do-rag. It's a, it's a Roger Clemens jersey specifically okay. is what he's wearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So John Cena comes out to his um, word life. This is basic thugonomics. Um, he says, kill the beat. Y'all so, okay, real quick. The, the, only reason oh. I, the only reason I specify it's Yankees gear is that he's from Massachusetts. He needs to do something immediately Newberry. to get them to be mad at him. And then and he, he raps. And then he well. goes, well, he says, kill the beat because y'all are listening to the next WWE champion. And the, the beat um, gets killed. And then he says this, the list of legends that held the title now includes me, bro. I'll be a better champion than Bruno San Martino. This is Thugonomics. I got opponents home in crutches. I'm the Iron Sheik. I got you in my camel clutches. I lost my mind like mankind pulling socks from his ass crack. I'm straight. Your dude love. So get off the cactus, Jack. I'll take your varsity letters and medals. I'll leave you mangled and hurt. I'm attacking from all angles. You'll be calling me Kurt. I'm wearing this Yankees jersey because Massachusetts makes me sick. You don't like what I'm saying? 
you could suck my and then holds up the mic to D-word. allow the crowd to finish his rap which is something that would go on for i don't know the next two years or so he would end raps like that and the whole crowd yeah. would get to swear even if you were sitting next to a kid i just kid. don't give up yeah that was a that was a big one yeah i just so, don't give up yeah so he references from- bruno san martino yeah, Iron Cheek. He skips ahead a fair amount of time to Mankind, Dude, Love, and Cactus Jack with with such a, like references that are just like rhyming things that go together. Like it's like I don't get off your Cactus Jack doesn't mean anything. Although no. I did like the, I like the Kurt part. I was like I like that you know I'll, I'll get y'all I tied smile. up like Kurt. <clears throat> yeah, I smile when like Rock is is talking about beating everybody in WWE and Kurt Angle's on the list, and I like that John Cena mentions Kurt Angle too. I think Kurt Angle's now getting some due that he well deserves if he mm-hmm. went through that match or WrestleMania in the condition he did. He deserves it. Clap, 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 clap. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Michael Cole says that uh, John Cena was brought up just a few moments down the road. I think he means miles. Yeah, the like, crowds, the crowds chanting so. Yankees suck. They do chant Yankees suck, which is, I mean, that's what he's wearing the gear for there. We're and, a month into the baseball season, man. People are people are into it. Uh, Michael Cole says when, when Brock Lesnar comes out, he, he says the bandage on Brock's head is from the championship title, not from the belt. He's, he got he got hit by the championship title, is what he says. And we, we <laughs> oh, right, we've right, given right. grief for this before, but it's just absurd. Like at least say the plates of the championship, right? Like we need to make it clear he's getting hit by a physical object, which is the one he has around his waist right now, which yeah, you could argue is a belt. Uh, but when you said the championship title, I'm just like, that's, you got hit by a concept. That's not, or like, just I know by the- <laughs> that, that's pure, pure WWE verbiage. Uh, pure. It comes I up know. again. Comes up no, again. It, it comes up. It'll come up for the rest of the time, Matt. I think Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'll come up for the rest of the time. Uh, yeah. I remember when, when, I mean, remember it was a week ago, uh, when Brock got hit, I was like, he's, he was bleeding a little bit. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, he, I kind of felt like he didn't get all of his, um, you know, blade job <laughs> didn't quite get all of it there yeah didn't quite get all of it uh also a thing that bothers me brock is coming down to the ring to face the guy who you know who uh kind of took him out what's brock doing man he's smiling he's happy to be there happy guy oh absolutely smiling happy brock as he jumps onto the apron with the pyro that explodes mm-hmm. the future beast incarnate smiling happy brock he's Mr. McMahon in gorilla position good. Make sure you give us a good smile. That sounded way too much like uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Sorry. Right. A smile on that face. Oh, Very similar. Ball. And so, of course, you know, it's refereeing tonight has been exemplary up to this point. And so what happens? But uh, Brock Lesnar goes to hand the title belt to the referee and Cena jumps him. And so the ref just rings the bell right away. Yeah. There's also a weird thing, too. Sorry, Matt. Again, yep. about Brock's um, nicknames. Taz okay. is getting over that Brock... Yes. Is the baddest man, the baddest man, the baddest man on the planet, on the planet. Which reminds me of, obviously, WrestleMania 14 video package. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Taz is like, yeah, Mike Tyson used to be the baddest man on the planet, but uh, I guess he thinks it's Brock now. Like He's like, Mike Tyson like handed it down like Roddy Piper hands down, you know, Rowdy Ronda Rousey. But it's not the or, same or thing. Or being an evil well, genius. Or being an evil genius. Also, uh, <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, Brock, baddest man on the planet, which doesn't stick. It doesn't stick. It's a weird choice, and he mentions it later on in the match too. Yeah, they, they try to they they he tries to get over. It doesn't work. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. They're yeah, trying, they, well, because there's they, they're they've pretty much openly admitted. Look, he's not the next big thing anymore. He's the WWE champion, so we can't, can't call him the next big thing. thing. Yeah, he's and, the, he's done. He's won the Royal Rumble. He's got the championship. He's one king of the ring. Like uh, I don't know. I don't know what else. Uh, he's what, arrived. 
I don't know what else you want from this guy. Uh, Money in the bank in the future. Um, yes, but anyways, back to the match. Uh, yeah, Cena gets the jump on Brock early. Yeah, now Brock, he manages to start strong after that. Anyway, he slams and suplexes Cena. And I feel like the crowd doesn't believe Cena's a viable challenger here. Not a lot of energy here. I don't see that they see Cena as a threat at all. Uh, I think, you know, Cena, you know, he hasn't been fun for long enough to have a rapper for people to really care about him. But no. I feel like the crowd is just kind of like, whatever. We don't we don't see this as like a match that where Cena has a chance. So there's weird stuff with the crowd. And I'll say the crowd's kind of restless all night too, Matt. Yeah. Like they don't have a lot to pop over. They they're got, like they the people watch... who bought the show. They want they're here for one thing, probably, largely. Well, also but the, you know, you're at the arena and there's like every other backstage segment in between matches too. Like you gotta watch on the stupid screen with the crappy arena audio, watch these two women fight over this garbage. Uh, but the crowd's weird in this match because right off the top, they get a Cena sucks champ, but the crowd kind of turn a little later. Yeah, it's interesting. It's weird. And like, well, I mean, part of it too is, you know, outside of the ring, Brock throws Cena into the announce table. Then he grabs the belt and he yells at him and both of those things feel like heel moves to me. Very heel. Like Brock's Very just heel. a natural heel to me. Yeah. Uh, you he know, I'm, I'm I sure love him. A, me, look, you and me both, brother, they're going to correct this. They're going to correct this, this, this year. But I think Brock's a natural heel. He's, you know, I'm sure he's a bit of a jerk in real life. We all know what Brock loves, family, wife, and stuff. That's fine. Like, I'm sure if we met, like, if I met Brock and I had a Brock Lesnar t-shirt on, first of all, that'd probably make it even worse for him. But if I was like, Mr. Brock Lesnar, hey, man, I, look, I don't want a picture or an autograph or anything. I just want to say, he'd probably tell me to F off, even if I was that kind, right? I mean, I love, I love that you're like, I love, he's a real jerk. I mean, you know what he's all about, his family, his wife. You're kind of like, yeah, it's real (laughs) jerk stuff. He's about that, but not other people, which in in the wrestling world would make him, like, he's just kind of jerky. Uh, if, well, if he were to re- resort to his na- uh, to his um, kind of base tendencies, yeah, I think that he's he's not someone who is overly social, and I think that's part of just how he's how he was born. Not bl- farm boy from Minnesota moves to Saskatchewan. I mean, he does all the right stuff. I mean, you know, hey, like him again. I like him. Yeah. Uh, every time he shows up, it's a big deal. Uh, yeah, yeah, a Brock future. But but here, I don't necessarily like babyface Brock against uh, against this baby John Cena. Also interesting to me, yeah. these guys have both been on the roster um, about a year, I guess. Brock just over a year, right? He, mm-hmm. he debuted WrestleMania day after WrestleMania 2002. John Cena, July 2002. So like, there's yep. no, like really. I thought it was interesting that they have these two pretty young guys uh, in this uh, championship match. Uh, I was oddly impressed by it, right? Like usually you'd have you know Brock started out against you know he'd be against Taker, he'd be against Kurt Angle. He goes against vets, right? Uh, that can help him uh, through these matches. Uh, but yeah, they get the two two young guys out here for this one. Yeah, which I mean it doesn't really work in their favor. I think in a lot of ways of this match, and You're, and it's also not in a good place in the card either. That's the thing that's tough too. Is that this show is this is not going on last, it's not going on second last. It's you it's know kind the of, middle of the show. Yeah, it starts off right right, right around the halfway point uh, on yeah. your uh, WWE Network. Is that where you'll spot that? And so after getting yelled at in the uh, by the announce table, there Cena comes back into the ring. He comes back out. He grabs a chair, uh, you know, to to use it against Brock, but he gets clobbered by Brock instead. And so Cena throws Lesnar into the steps, uh, and I just – I don't really care about the stairs. You can throw a guy into the stairs. It doesn't really do anything for me. I don't think it really hurts that much. They move a lot. They don't seem like they're that heavy. Like, I think you need to well, drop a guy – you need to hit – you need to pick up the stairs and hit the guy with them or do something onto the stairs, like take off the top one and, like, have that flat part and hit him there. Like, the stairs thing, it just doesn't – it never works for me. I don't know. That's a more elemental wrestling thing for me, but I'm unimpressed when it happens. It's the sound, right? It makes that big clanging sound when a guy hits it. And it sounds like – like, 
Well, it, it, it may, it sounds like it hurts or it's like you're hitting inside of a shed, right? Like it yeah. sounds like it hurts. And, um, you know, hopefully for, you know, unless you're Mick Foley who loves to run into them knees first oh, God. and just flip over. <laughs> cool spot though. I mean, you know, very cool spot for this reason. No one else should do it. Cause this guy can barely walk. Miracle. He can walk. Miracle. He can it, walk. it actually is. And so, uh, this, I think the top steps gets dislodged. And so Cena takes Brock's head and he puts him into the steps and that is what gets Brock bleeding again. Uh, yeah. And so, so early on, so we're early into the match, and the the champion is already bleeding against a guy that I don't think should really be getting that much uh, on him. No, and that's that's a problem with I have too about this era. Brock is people yeah. get way, he sells way too much. Way people way get too much. Way too much stuff on him. I don't like it. My hot take: this match should be five to eight minutes, and it should mostly be getting uh, Cena getting beaten up. Like I don't think he should look competitive in this match at all because I think it hurts no. Brock too much. I don't think because he's not up Brock. They get way better at that, uh, like nowadays. Honestly, like uh, like uh, Money in the Bank, Bobby Lashley against Kofi Kingston. That was a five to eight minute match where Bobby just beat the crap out of him. Yeah, and that's uh, reasonable, honestly. Like I don't like the. I know that it was like Ricochet against Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia was like ninety seconds. I don't love that because yeah. that feels like a waste. But a situation yeah. like this where you're like, no, like you really need to establish. Brock is strong and they have to do this thing where it's like, well, you know, there's more of a story. And they like, and the other thing about this, it'll say too, because if you, if you look at it, you're like, well, Cena is like, he's smart. He's doing all this stuff. It's like, well, if the heels are doing all the smart stuff, the guy like Brock, it kind of just looks stupid. Like he should be ready for Cena to be doing all this stuff. And well, I like, I get that you want to have a smart heels, but if the faces aren't smart either. Then, then they're dumb. I don't want to cheer for a dumb guy. <laughs> right? Like, no, you you're right. Well, that, that only proves John Cena's raps right, Matt. He, he calls Brock a meathead, you know, yeah. calls him de- dumb. Stu- He's right, you know. Uh, yeah, the dumb baby face things. Uh, I'm not, I'm, if, if, you know, you're, watch, you're cheering for your guy, like, oh, what? You know, it's like you watch a movie and the main character does something stupid or defies logic. You're like, okay, well, I don't like this anymore. Like, well, yeah. what are you doing? Like, I don't respect you because you're not, you're not a smart person. Yeah, exactly. It's a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, Brock is bleeding. Uh, Cena is taking it to him there. He throws Brock into the post outside. He's back in the ring. There's a, there's a count of two. And there, when he covers Brock in the ring, uh, Cole and Taz act like that should be it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he kicked out of that. You're like, really? Yeah. And he's yeah, bleeding. Yeah. And then Cena gets a DDT. Same reaction. The commentator's like, oh, I can't believe it. Like, they're just like, oh, Brock's, Brock's, out, Brock's dead at this point. And it's yeah. like, like, I know you want me to believe that Cena could win this match, but you, that's not really how you do this. And arguably, you can never do this to me in this match because I will never believe that Cena will win this. Right. Yeah, can't do I that. know. So Lesnar gets a spine buster to break up Cena's momentum, but Cena gets a, a jawbreaker, a clothesline, and he gets a sleeper. And he's got the sleeper in for the while. He's doing the grapevine thing with the sleeper. And so Brock does what he did at No Way Out 2003. He even did it at WrestleMania 19, where he gets up off the ground with John Cena on his back, piggyback style, and he runs into the turnbuckles in one corner and runs into the current turnbuckles again. Crazy to me, he does this spot considering the first time we saw him do this spot, or the first time I remember, was in New England 2003, and that's where Brock uh, broke Kurt's neck. Yeah, I guess they figure Cena has a stronger neck here or something. Well, he uh, did it recklessly. The first, like, when he first did it, like, there was a couple things they, they didn't do right, although there is something that comes up here in a yes. moment. Yeah, there is, you're, you're right. Before we get to that, um, yes. this is when the crowd starts going for Cena. Yeah. They say there's a let's go Cena chant. There's a Cena, Cena, Cena chant. Uh, even though his chin lock or his sleeper hold on Brock goes on for way too it's long. It's eternal. Oh, it's horribly it, it, long. It's interminable. Like, it goes on for way too long. Yeah. I think they almost, they're almost like, they get tired of Brock not winning. So, like, whatever, let's go for the other guy. It's kind Basically, it's like, like, okay, we're cheering for the guys yeah. doing stuff. Great. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. So, Lesnar gets thrown into the corner. Uh, but he has to stop short because the referee is there. 
And so when he does that, he's like, whoa, okay. Cena hits him with a low blow. We get another low blow. Yeah, uh, another low blow. Uh, on the replay after the match they show, the low blow wraps completely around his thigh. Oh, really? Doesn't go anywhere near any nether region at all. It's it's like a complete, you know, which I'm sure Brock appreciates. It's a, it's a worse crush spot. It's a hundred percent because John Cena. A, a criticism of him will be that he works. Uh, what's the opposite of snug? Loose. Right. He works extremely loose, which is you know fine, but it's also like okay. We, we well, I mean, Cena Austin would tell him to snug it up a little bit when he gets yeah. The I mean, SDF. it's so funny how that works. Uh, and so he he rolls him up after the low blow. That gets two. And speaking of Cena's neck, Brock Lesnar drives Cena into the corner. Yeah. But the way – I don't know if it's it's just the, the angle he hits him in there. So just imagine that Brock has, has – he has Cena, and he's got to kind of spear him into the corner, but he's driving him in. And usually the Cena – you know, you would take the, the tur- back of the turnbuckle, the top one, which is kind of in the back. But Cena's a bit lower. And so Cena's head hits the term, top turnbuckle and then moves past it. Yeah, uh, it, like yeah, in a move that like, like shoved underneath it almost. So it's yeah. his, his, his kind of like out between the top and, and second rope. Like uh. yeah, it looks rough. It's like it would look like something you would do if you wanted to actually hurt John Cena's neck. Is what it looks like. Yeah, these so guys I, think, their necks. I think Gosh. yeah, I think he hit the wait. Does all those bridges? That's what Brock does. I think he hits the the turnbuckle at such an angle that like he can just kind of like duff off it. Like he doesn't yes. hit like a hard part, so it seems fine, which is good. Yes, it, uh, a little dodgy there for a second. That's looks a bit rough. Say. So Cena goes for his chain. He's got this chain with a padlock on the end. I think usually it's a padlock. Anyway, it's a bit, this big chain he wears around his neck. And uh, the referee catches it, and he stops him. And so Cena goes after Brock, but he gets lifted up, and he gets thrown around. It's an F5, and that's enough for the 1, 2, 3. Yeah, Brock F5s him, stands up, walks over to him, and bends him. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like... Are they going to kill the F5 right here, right now? It's taking a little while. Okay, I guess nobody it, cares. It seemed that way, right? Like, you're almost, you're almost waiting for something else to happen, because he, like, he yeah. hits him, and then you're like, I don't know. Uh, yes, yeah, Cena, Cena kicked like, out there. It'd be horrible. Oh my gosh. Yes, yeah, Cena barely had a chance to to, to tease an FU in this match. And uh, oh yeah, doesn't it. really doesn't pick him up even. I don't think at any point really. No, they do like the the reverse into the thing that that you know he'd do in the future for F fives and uh, uh, for uh, rock bottoms and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like we said, yeah, Bro- Cena too much offense here. I don't like Brock believing as much as he did. The crowd was weird. Crowd was weird. Michael Cole says this. For John Cena, there will be many more nights like this one. Uh, for John Cena, he may join that rank of champions. Maybe, Matt. Maybe. He'll do it 16 times. <laughs> Who knows? But the, but notable for being John Cena's first pay-per-view title match. Correct. Other other than being like a trivia answer. Right. Not really notable outside of anything else. Yes. In a, a less than desirable uh, kicking off for that. So Yeah, and I think Taz says uh, he's the baddest man on the planet yet again. He does. And so that's it for SmackDown content here. So the rest is raw. That's okay. So they have the uh, we have the six-man tag match here. Booker T, Shawn Michaels, and Kevin Nash going up against Triple H, Chris Jericho, and Ric Flair. And we see we see a video package before the match happens where uh, Kevin Nash returned when Triple H had Shawn Michaels handcuffed to the rope at Raw. And so Nash comes in, and Triple H, uh, then he made him choose between uh, himself and Shawn Michaels. And he refers to how Shawn Michaels would steal his spotlight like he did in the 90s. We see some wonderful clips there of Shawn and Diesel. Two dudes with attitudes, man. That's right. So we see several clips of shenanigans between these six on Raw. With triple with, with Kevin Nash, seemingly just Kevin Nash just runs in multiple times. One week he runs in, next week he runs in. He's just running and running. And then Triple H kicks him in the groin, and that's it. That's the end of the video package. It's really kind of like random short ending. We're like, all right, great. Yeah, this also, I think, featured the uh, cool song. 
Yes. Uh, Remedy by Cold. Cold by Remedy, yes, exactly. Uh, Cold by Remedy, Remedy Mm -hmm. by Cold. Um, One thing I want to say about these uh, intros we're about to have, it's clear that they don't care about this one uh, show because Rob Van Dam doesn't have one of a kind. Kane doesn't have Slow Chemical. Flair doesn't have, um, what's it called? Zathustra. The the spec Zarathustra. Yeah, Zarathustra, thank you. And Booker T doesn't have whatever his, you know, can you dig it, sucka WCW music was. Uh, they all have knockoff versions of their music. Weird. Yeah, but Triple H still has Motorhead. They must have some kind of handshake deal. With yeah, exactly. But it, 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 all that to say, it sounds really cheap and bad, all this fake right. music all over the place. I hate it. I think they had it for WrestleMania. But yeah, they well, I, thought, I thought they had it consistently, but maybe there's all sorts of things they probably don't. This is probably uh, just like the, the DVD version. And yes, like, yeah, I'm sure it that, is. Put that on the network. We don't care. This show sucks. Yeah. So it's a raw match. So we're going to skip to the end. And uh, so Kevin Nash goes to powerbomb Chris Jericho, but Ric Flair gets in the way. And so there's this kind of weird little spot where uh, he tosses Ric Flair, Kevin Nash does, but he tosses him into the ref, yeah. Nick Patrick, who gets knocked out for 15, 20 seconds, probably. I would say kind of a less than a typical ref spot here. Yeah, he gets knocked outside, I think. And so uh, Jer- uh, Jericho gets powerbombed by Nash anyway. But Triple H sees the ref is down. He gets a sledgehammer. It's a jackknife, yeah. Yeah, he hits uh, a yeah, jackknife powerbomb. Exactly, sorry. that's Kevin Nash does it. It becomes a jackknife powerbomb. It's different. Uh, and so Triple H sees the ref is down. He gets a sledgehammer. He smacks Nash with it. He covers him. Ref is back. Conveniently, he's back from outside the ring. And they get the count of a one, two, three. And so, so Kevin slow, Nash, and Nash was knocked out so long from that sledgehammer shot. And he's like on the ground for like five minutes after that too. Like he got well, dinged. This is such a, this is such a, like a, like an LOL triple H wins match too. Like a finish here. Like <laughs> yes, Nash absolutely. comes back. It's his first Triumph match back. Return. Yes. You, you have a match that's perfectly set up so you can pin Jericho or flair. Yeah, and, who cares? Yeah, and, and Ric Flair's lost eight thousand matches in his career. Yeah, it's not like I mean, it's in fairness to them, it's not like Kevin Nash is going to face Triple H next month on pay per view. No, I don't think so, and probably not the month after, right? No, there's no way. Wait a minute. Oh my god! Uh, yes. One really cool spot in this match was yeah. um, uh, Nate had uh, Shawn Michaels in a figure four, and Chris Jericho's working uh, working Shawn uh, over while he's in it, and he hits a lion salt. While he's in the figure, I love that. I like that a lot. They should. Uh, there should be. That should be a tag team move that some guys do, where you you, t- you tie a guy up and the other guy gets him for a frog splash or a swanton bomb or something like that. That'd be sick. I could. I could see that. Uh, I could see that happening uh, for sure. I 100 could. Uh, yeah, this match was like it was okay. It seemed heatless again. Like so, there's some spots that people liked, but like this is one spot where just Nash like body slams all three of the heels and like no one's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like no. I, and I mean, I maybe I'm too much of a staunch traditionalist, but like I just feel like the world title should be defended on pay per views. You know, I like these weird well, this little is like yeah. this is like the opposite of No Way Out, where we had yeah, exactly, a six man yeah. on SmackDown who, featuring the, the the world champion, and now we have a six man from Raw uh, featuring the world champion. Because I guess they figure, well, we got two tag team uh, championship matches, women championship match, and uh, we can't clear any more space because we got Sean O'Hare and Rikishi. So there's no way we can have Triple H defend uh, the World Heavyweight Championship on uh, on pay-per-view. We just can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Sorry. So there we go. Cole and Taz come back. They show us uh, what happened with Ray and Big Show earlier there, and they say it was horrifying. Yeah, Michael Cole's like, it's been an electric night, but it's been a horrifying night as well. It was a low-life maneuver, says Michael Cole. 
And then my, one of my favorite moments here, Taz says, it's hard to watch right before we cut to yet another replay of it. Oh, I do that joke all the time. Every time in sports, it's like, oh, you know, football, like a guy gets rolled over by his, his center or something. He's like, oh, it's hard to watch. Oh, man. We should see him one more time. Is he, uh, <laughs> Run it by again. Yeah, please. Knee or something there, Al, and I don't know. Yeah. So I think, well, is this where Taz takes his glasses off so we can see how this serious he is? Taz takes off his sunglasses. Yeah. He's just speculating. You think it might be a neck? He doesn't He doesn't know. He, he, he doesn't, doesn't know. Okay. But he's just speculating. And he's got his sunglasses off. And you see Taz's little beady little red hook eyes. And uh, it really sells the sells the moment. So earlier in the show here, I mentioned that there was this unique moment where we had the baby faces doing the, the switch out tag spot with Los Guerreros. We get another unique moment here, too, because... Michael Cole does not say that Ray is at a local medical center. Oh, does he say hospital? No, he says a oh. local trauma center. Oh, okay. Oh, the even more intense. Okay, local. So I don't know. Yeah, I wish he said hospital. Hospital would also be very noticeable, but a local trauma center. I was like, someone's going. They went to a, a, a thesaurus for that one. They're digging in. <laughs> like, what else can we call this place? We need another word for this. Yeah, trauma. Oh, we have man. to make it seem like Ray Mysterio got in like a car crash and might not be able to walk tomorrow. Yeah. And he actually might not be because of what Big Show actually did uh, in, for a shoot. <laughs> right. So we don't know. And that's it for Cole and Taz because next up we have the main event for the evening. The Rock against Goldberg. Dwayne Johnson against Bill Goldberg. Yeah. And so yeah, gets Bill Go- start. Yeah, yeah Bill Goldberg doesn't get to any other. He's just Bill Goldberg. He's just yeah. uh, the guy he is. That's right. Uh, the video package just start. Uh, Rock talks about beating all the guys he has recently. Pretty much same as in the opening video of the show. Uh, and how it's over. Because he's beaten everyone. Like, essentially, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to essentially tease his retirement. I love it. It's just like, listen, Great. there's nothing else for me to do in this world. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out, you know? And so it must have been the night after WrestleMania because now in, in comes Goldberg. Because he's in Seattle. Said, he's like, finally, The Rock has come back to see all of you later. Yeah. Yeah. And so Goldberg says, who's next? You're next. You're and next. And he spears Rock out of his shoes. Rock has oh, this boy. very kind of exaggerated cell he does. He's like, well, and he gets, he gets like driven backwards and flies backwards. And we see it like four or five times. Yeah. And we hear Rock say, <laughs> Rock says, just bring it, bitch. <laughs> Which that. is very over the top way he says it. But then he also says he won't face Goldberg. And then he decides he will. Yeah. I don't know what made him decide. But at first he's like, you mean The Rock? You want The Rock against Bill Goldberg? Nah. Uh, another great thing The Rock says, first of all, one thing that JR yeah. says, is he says, I smell a chicken-ish, and King goes, what? And yeah. uh, Rock says, you were a little fish in a big, uh, you were a big fish in a little pond. The Rock is a whale in a teardrop. Okay, so I, I, I may note this too, because I a big fish in a tiny pond, teardrop. is the joke that that's the same thing? No, the joke is that The he's, Rock He's a, a much bigger fish? Because the yes, pond is still yeah, small, in a much smaller pond. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I think that's the point. He's a much bigger. Okay, because I was like, I was like trying to be like, okay, it's the joke that he's kind of saying the same thing twice, but he's saying no, no. The pond was even smaller for me. The fish was even bigger. Although the pond being small is, that's that is not the thing that is that's that shows that you're you're it's unimpressive. You should be like also a whale in an ocean. Of I other just whales, think whale in the teardrop sounds funny. It's uh, but yeah, not super well thought out. And so we see the last thing that happens that Rock beat on Goldberg with a chair. On Raw this past week, yeah, hit him eight or seven or eight times, seven or eight right times. in the cabeza, man, right in the head. And, and so, so, yes, after this, this this is the highlight of the show for me, Matt. <laughs> yeah, this you is like an this all timer? I love this. I I will watch this every now and then. It is so much fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I was not sure how to feel about this. So we go to a Rock interview with Terry, <sighs> and so I, I, you got to think by this point, and that I just like Rock, just look this. 
this isn't going how we. They never do this with anybody want. anymore, hey? Like this never like no one ever gets the thing of like, well, right before your match, you can go out and do it. It's kind of a retro thing to do is have your one of your guys in the main event be like, have a little interview right beforehand and then go out. Well, yeah, well they did. It. They've done it a bunch tonight, though. They had the heels talk about their six man tag right before, but not usually. Matt, you're right. Not usually for the main event. Usually it's like earlier in the evening. Coach will catch up with the Rock or something. But now, yes, Rock is backstage with Terry. Yeah. Now I will say, um, Lillian Garcia interviewed the guys from Triple the, the, the uh, six man tag match uh, well before their match, though. I know this is immediately before their match. Like Rock is about to go out. Oh, was it well before their? Yeah, there was, there was, oh, it was wait. before the John no, Cena match. Oh, I think you're right. It was before John Cena's match, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, and they're all like standing there, like ready to go. So, like, what are they? It's like, all right, now we're going to go back to the locker room. Sorry. Yeah, I guess That's so. It's weird. Anyway, so Terry's so, before Rock, right before Rock comes out. So, Terry says people think Rock's going to lose to Goldberg. And Gold, Rock says, the only thing he hasn't done. <laughs> and the first thing he says is, make a white baby, which is an insane <laughs> way to start an interview. It's the best. He's talking uh, about making a white baby. Now, I think, I mean, arguably, Rock could never make a white baby. Which no, is he can't do that. He says, for, he's so many great, he calls her lemon panties, gingle panties. The only thing Rock has done is make a white baby. At one point, Terry corpses, and he says, don't laugh at the Rock's jokes. <laughs> of course, okay, for those, if you're not really in Sorry, yeah, of course, she, she cracks up. She laughs. Yeah, she yes. she laughs. She's supposed to be a stone-faced interviewer. Right. Uh, well, kind of. She, I mean, at the end, she also looks insane. Anyway, but yeah, so. She can't hold it together. It's too Rock hard. is doing a bunch of noises as an impression of Goldberg. Anytime Goldberg talks in Rock's <laughs> voice, he's always like, like it's like real. It's like Tasmanian stuff. Devil. Yeah. And he says, yeah. like, and the Rock hit Goldberg with a chair. It was like Godzilla hitting King Kong. A cacao. Cacao. Uh, I feel the crowd's not into it as much, though. I think it's kind of no, a bummer. Usually, I, the crowd is like hot for Rocky here, and he's reacting to it though, and it seems much more, uh, much more dead. Maybe because it's a backstage thing again, and they're just like, "Can we see yeah. some stuff in front of us, please?" Like, you know, they're expecting uh, Stacy Keebler and Tori to break in and beat each other up. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Like Betty Hill really like uh, make it a fatal four way. Throw Stacy and uh, and Tori in there. Give give Tori the strap. I think. No, thankfully, Rock. We do hear Rock get to call Goldberg a whisker biscuit, bald headed bitch. Bald headed bitch. Yes. Very Rock funny. Says, I don't know why it shouldn't you know, work. What, he work. says, you know, is that what you think? Is that what you think? Well, the Rock says, the, you can wipe the cockatoo's ass with what you think. And he says, it's the only animal the Rock could think of. And then he says, yes, whisker biscuit, bald-headed bitch. And he also, throughout the promo, says, like, hey, 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 so many times. He's so like, hey, hey. And then when it ends, mm-hmm. The Rock is still there. The mic is still in his face. And he's just, like, grinning. S- smiling, and yeah. looking around for, like, 20 seconds. And then he leaves. He leaves. He makes, and the crowd starts to chant Rocky because they like that. Yes. And then and he's, he's happy. It over. He makes a little noise, I think, at one point. And then Terry looks at the rock, and I don't know I don't know if she's supposed to think he's hot or something like that. It just seems like a funny <laughs> way to have the heel end the interview is that she's like, what a man. If only other men were like you, calling me giggle panties and all these insane Loving things. Panties. Oh, man. And the, funny, the thing I like about this is that as soon as Rock leaves, we cut to his Titantron with his evil yes. theme song. And so it's great because Rock has ample time to get in position to walk on stage while his Titantron goes because there's a full like minute uh, that begins uh, when uh, his Titantron is going with the evil theme song and the helicopter there. I was reminded of, you know, I recently uh, I was driving with Will. I was about to drive him home, and I believe that uh, oh, as we man, turned onto the, the street. I was this too. <laughs> as we turned onto the street, uh, the theme music went from the helicopter to the is cooking. And it just timed so perfectly. Both just cracked up so hard. It was, oh, it was so perfect. I was like, this is a seminal moment in my life. It was very funny. Uh, uh, real life. And so out comes The Rock, and he's very confident. 
Oh, yeah. And we, then we see Goldberg come out. Or we see Goldberg. He's backstage. He hits his head on a door on purpose, not like a stormtrooper in Star Wars. But he actually nice. smacks his head into a door. Which would come to bite him later on in his life. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, and he's got no security guys with him, which kind of feels a bit of a miss. They're, they're, I don't know what they're trying to do here in terms of his uh, his character here. I, I like the security guys as part of the, the vibe. Um, maybe they don't do the full WCW thing, but I don't know. Well, they, they do it later. He had uh, security with him at, uh, at SummerSlam uh, would, this yeah. year. Uh, King mentions that, uh, oh, look at how everybody clears out when Goldberg's coming to the ring. Yes. Certainly is it because it's the main event and everybody's left. Yes. I, I like town. that explanation of it, though, is the thing, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so Goldberg comes out. He has this classic white fire pyro allowing him to breathe smoke as he walks through it. I think Col- uh, Lawler reacts to that as well. Coach calls Goldberg a man amongst men. I, I hate the commentary for this match. I coach really is, like I, Coach is quite bad. He calls he calls things outright outright wrong yeah. uh in this match. Uh yes. But a man amongst men, like think about that, dude. What, what, is, what does that mean? Is he a monster uh, among men? Would Come you on. believe that the Wrestling Observer Newsletters fans, the readers in two thousand three, when asked <laughs> what who they say about coach who are the worst commentators <laughs> on the show? No. I believe Coachin was was uh, first place, if I'm not mistaken. Coach coach number one, King number two? Yeah, uh, probably. Uh, Sorry, oh, King's can, probably – he's got to be well. up there. He's so obnoxious. Taz Coachman, has to be number one. Coachman, Coachman won by a far margin. Of course, <laughs> second place, actually, justifiably, Ernest Miller. Uh, oh, yes. Okay, Ernest Then Lawler, then Michael Cole, and then we go yeah. deeper down and uh, – Don yeah, West. So there we go. Um, Jim Ross Jim Ross was was the 11th. That seems absurd, but I guess the people maybe don't well, Ross's point. It, it, those He's the 11th. Uh, those lists are funny because, first of all, it's the top whatever. And also, like, you can be, like, number eight on, like, the worst and, like, number eight on the best. <laughs> or, like, number or, two, or number on, two the on the best. If you, if you, if or number one, number one for all we know. They could be like, he's the worst. He's the best. Boo. Yay. Yeah. Boo. Yay. Oh, well, actually, exactly the point. Jim Ross on best television announcer is number three. There you go. So, there you go. Michael, yeah. Cole, gets, Michael gets eight on the best tele- television announcer thing there. Yeah. They just swapped. <laughs> Switch places. Go. That's what they did. So, there we go. I Now... If I'm not mistaken, it was hard to get uh, proof of this because of uh, how it's depicted on here. Goldberg might have had different music when he came out of Backlash, and they put this music on. Because I remember oh. reading, he was like, oh, they didn't give us WCW music. That seems weird. Also, the music sounds weirdly added on top of the mix here. Like, I can, I kind of feel like they're putting – like, it's not – like, the crowd isn't permeating through it. So I think Goldberg's music here is, in fact, different. Well, the Goldberg chant started even, you know, while Michael Cole and Taz were like given their, uh, you know, speculation on Ray, yeah. their sunglasses less speculation on Ray. Right. And I remember that Goldberg did have different music when he came to WWE, and it sounded, you know, it's just a version of his WCW music. Sounds exactly kind of the same. Uh, and then having it here, I was like, oh, maybe I remembered it wrong, but maybe I didn't. Okay, yeah. very interesting. Different. And so, yeah, this is a Raw match, but it's also Rock versus Goldberg, so we're not skipping to the end. I want to talk about this match. It's Raw, you know, this is kind of why. At this point in the show, I was like, I want to see this match. I want to see Goldberg. Sure. I'm a bit of a mark. I can do that. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. There's a, there's a sign in the crowd that says Vlad's mom is next. So, oh, no. fan Vlad. Vlad, your, no. uh, mom gets a shout out there. Oh, no. I uh, hope she didn't, like, die a month after or something. That would be kind of be pretty, pretty rough if that was the case. That would be extremely rough. Uh, before this match start, Coach says that Goldberg – Still suffering from a concussion. Great. Oh, man. I love the 2003 stuff. They just openly talk about concussions, and then later on, you're like, yeah, he would never say that. He's but he's competing tonight. <laughs> well, what were they – who had, like, hurt ribs or something? Like, the doctor said that Brock Lesnar shouldn't even be competing tonight or, or something, one of those. Maybe it was Trish. 
uh, I think it was Trisha's ribs. They were like, yeah, Trisha, the, the trainer says she shouldn't compete. It's like, okay, great. We don't care what they oh. say. Is that it? Sorry, do you know, I actually have more information about that because that was on Heat because uh, Trish, <laughs> Trisha gets checked on by, uh, by uh, Eric Bischoff, Raw General Manager. And the trainer pulls him aside to be like, uh, yeah, Rib, she shouldn't be competing tonight. And he's like, oh, we and have, it's just like tonight. You get, you're fired. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really insane idea. You know, I find that very interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so there we go. A little, little cut in there. So when Goldberg comes into the ring, Rock leaves the ring. Yeah. And before the match begins, it's pretty clear that he's reluctant to get back in there. Of course. There's a loud Goldberg chant. Rock is trying to discourage it here. Uh, and then... <laughs> Will, who yep. signals for the bell at the start of this match? Oh, is it senior official Earl Hebner that they're very happy is refereeing this match? Who's going to be able to... Nope! Rock signals the bell, and it rings, and here we go. Yeah, it's <laughs> okay. He's real. When they talk about ring general, this guy is the ring general. He's the ring admiral. He's the ring rear admiral. He's everything. He's falling on Apollo want, Creed out here. Ding, ding. Like, he's ringing yeah. the bell. Come on. There you go. Oh, wait. Like, would it be Rocky? No, Rocky calls the bell, and then Creed rings it, so he'd be Rocky. Anyway, he's Rocky. There oh, you go. That, that's the pun. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, they lock up. Goldberg pushes Rock off. Uh, Rock slaps Goldberg, which leads to Rock getting shoulder tackled and sent out of the ring. Slap is great. And so the Rock contemplates leaving. He almost gets counted out, but it seems like Earl Hebner just stops counting at one point. Like That's I think it's exactly a nine and it. he just stops. No, what he does, Rock is leaving, and then Goldberg oh. gets on the ropes to yes. like call him back, and Earl's like, "Hey, what are you doing up there? One, two, three. He so starts like, counting him, be leaning on the ropes. I was like, "Okay, look." I get that you don't want to have guys in the ropes, but if the wrestlers can't even touch the ropes, they shouldn't be there. I'm sorry. You know, or, or every time there's no. an Irish trip or a wrestler, I always go, one. What? Oh, you <laughs> oh, it came off. Good. Okay. Ray Mysterio does a 619. What? Oh. You're lucky. You're lucky, Look, kid. he's on the apron. He should really get counted out every time. Oh, man. Ray, zero and uh, 8,000. So Rock, gets, Rock drops Goldberg on the ropes. He gets cocky. And then Goldberg quickly gets a rock bottom on him. Yeah, that okay. was the thing that in the video package, too, which is like, why does Goldberg need to do the rock bottom, though? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Goldberg has... This, this, feels, like, this feels like one of this those... Is a, uh, the, this it's, is it's a precursor dude. to the five-minute we do finish, uh, finisher spam matches they would do. It's not exactly the case. They do it a little bit differently here because yeah. uh, it's, it's a lot longer. But it kind of feels like it's like, oh, hits the thing. Oh, hits the thing. Yeah, it's Ten a lot longer with nothing in the middle. Like, yes. it's just a lot of, like, Goldberg with a lot of knee lifts and uh, Rock with a lot of, like, stalling. So, yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, so after the rock bottom, Goldberg lines up a spear. Well, then Rock steps out of the way and he throws him into the post and he feels very proud of himself. And it's like, and they treat it like it's like Rock is such a genius for, th- for stepping out of the way of this spear. And it's such a big thing here. And so then Rock gets a sharpshooter on Goldberg. And Goldberg is in the sharpshooter and then he gets to the ropes and he yells, Get off of him, get, get him off me when he gets to the ropes to the referee. Which I loved. I was like, that's interesting. It's I don't that's not really tough. Yeah. Which I guess is No, fair. not really. No. Uh Rock pushes the ref out of the way, turns around and just grabs Goldberg's leg and punches him clean in the crotch. Yeah, another low blow. Okay. Just a low blow there. And Rock makes these amazing faces. He's he's hamming it up here a little bit, which is which is all right. Kind yeah, of kind of all right, actually. Uh Rock lines up for a rock bottom, but Goldberg just spears him. Yeah. And they, they both get up, they slug it out for a bit. Goldberg's the big power slam for two. Oh, and that's then, the that's the spear. Sorry, that's the spear that coach called a spine buster. Oh, brother. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And King's like, no, nah, he, he hit the spit. When they show a replay, it's like, look at this spear. That's kind of important for uh, Goldberg to hit spears here, guys. Come on. Don't you think? I would think so. Uh, and so Rock goes to, to to clothesline Goldberg down, but Goldberg won't go. So Rock hits a spear on Goldberg. Ooh, there we go. Turn Ooh. about fair play. He gets right. a rock bottom. 
And that gets only two, but it's really close. Dangerously close in some ways. And so Ruck gets a spine buster. He hits the people's elbow. That also only gets two. And then so Goldberg gets the corner, and he spears Rock. And then he goes to line up for another one. And then there's an incredibly long time where the Rock it takes forever to get up yeah. again. And he just like he's getting he's like he's standing up, he's doing this perfect like punch drunk kind of thing. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. his legs, he's like, it takes forever. He's like, I don't care, I'm doing whatever I want. And so of course he gets speared again. And it was yeah. such a long time to wait. And Goldberg singles for the jackhammer. He gets it, and he gets the one, two, three. Coach calls it the jackhammer slam, which makes it sound dorky. Oh, it's no, this cool coach. moment where Rock loses to Goldberg, clean as a sheet, and it's the jackhammer slam. The jackhammer slam. That is most certainly what it isn't called. Yeah, <sighs> so that was a bit long. I mean, I feel like this is another match where you could have Goldberg beat Rock a little bit more handily. I get no, what you're doing here. Like they're trying to put a long. square peg in a round hole, man. It's like, yeah. no, Goldberg, you're here. Now you're going to do a WWE style main event. It's going to be, you know, 10 or 12 minutes, however long it goes. And yeah. uh, he's like, I don't do a lot of moves. It's like, I can do like knee lifts. And uh, uh, that's about it. Uh, yeah. Besides this beer and the jackhammer. Uh, so that, that's what I got going on. You know? yeah. Look, I had and a again, pretty good yeah, the 12 minute match against DDP once. That was good, but it's mostly him just trying to get out of uh, diamond cutters. So that also right. Helped. Hey man, that's my guy DDP. You can really go. Um, you know Goldberg. Uh, even this year against Lashley at SummerSlam, that was a, a good match with like uh, Goldberg just getting the crap beat out of him. Uh, refs, uh, 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 ref stoppage. Uh, a TK, ref stoppage. Yes, thank you, man. Uh, ref stoppage for that match. Uh, so yeah, this was um, the wrong way to, to do a Goldberg match. Uh, will they fix it before the end of the year? No, they won't. No, no really. Goldberg's so, going to do his year in WWE and do this and then come back later against another guy who doesn't really do the right thing. Right now, I'm talking about Brock Lesnar. They'll come back and collide at Survivor Series 2016. But right now, yes, it's it's not the right way to book a Bill Goldberg match. And, and Rock, uh, his pay-per-view uh, streak for 2003 ends at 2-1, uh, and one, Matt. 2-1. and one. He couldn't go 2-1. And so Goldberg walks up the ramp. He wipes the sweat off his face. His coach calls us a new era. We see Rock on the Titan trying to line on the mat as we go off the air. I got to say, the new era seems a lot like 1987 WCW. Meet the old boss, same as the old. Meet yeah. the new boss, same as the old. So all he calls it new era. I would mean, I would, you know, that's where you kind of go, like, it's the goal. Is the Goldberg era dawning in WWE? That makes sense yeah. to me. Oh, that's such a thing. They'd be like, the Goldberg era is here. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah. sure. I believe that. And so that's it. The, the show goes off the air. Yep. And so, Will, you know, we talked about this throughout the show, uh, that it wasn't great. Uh, I'd love to get your final thoughts on the show, and I'd love to get your, uh, using our rating system here on the SmackDown 6 podcast, we use the SmackDown video games of the era, we borrow their names for our ratings, and so a bad rating is Here Comes the Pain, an mm-hmm. eh rating is Shut Your Mouth, and a good rating is Just Bring It. And I can only imagine what it's going to be. Will, your final thoughts on the show and your rating? So I don't really remember how I remembered this show. Obviously, I've seen the right. Rock backstage clip a couple times, the big show hitting Ray with the spine work clip a couple times. Uh, the through line with Stacy and Tori is uh, abysmal. It's the worst kind of wrestling tripe that you can possibly put out there. Uh, the matches are uh, mostly kind of heatless, uh, even though the guys, look, guys are trying their best. Um but uh, the crowd in Worcester seemed uh, uh, restless the whole mm-hmm. night. Uh, yeah. There was way too many backstage things and talking for a pay-per-view, man. Yeah. Do that on the, your your weekly show. That's fine. But pay-per-view, 
should be like match, 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 maybe something else, match, match. Like it should be just matches. Just give us wrestling. And uh, this did not provide in the wrestling category um, the the two big uh, singles matches, the WWE Championship match and the Rock Kuhlberg match. Both did, unfortunately, not deliver just because we didn't figure out how to book these guys yet. Now, everybody involved will do better in the future uh, against each other in different combinations. Uh, so... This is uh, something I never thought I'd do, Matt, on this show. I have to give this show, Backlash 2003, voted Wrestling Observer Newsletter's worst major show of 2003. It has to get a Here Comes the Pain. Absolutely. You thought you would never give a show a Here Comes the Pain or a pay-per-view specifically? A pay-per-view specifically. Ah. Uh, SmackDown, uh, you know, I thought we started really well. I was like, I think I'm going to like every single one of these. Um but yeah, for a pay per view, uh, especially yeah, I thought you know it was a pay per view. This is when they before the network they're charging money for this. We paid money to watch. Yeah, it. I've actually absolutely. I kind of paid for it with my subscription. I still subscribe. Yeah, exactly. We still kind of paying for it. We I mean, rest, that's what wrestling fans are doing. They're paying for it. Here comes the paying. <laughs> Perfect. Perfectly said. Uh, I mean, obviously, I agree with you on pretty much every count there. Uh, you know, the, the kind of the only things I would say that save the show or don't save the show at all. Actually, the show is not salvageable. Uh, is it's interesting. The Big Show race stuff is interesting from a historical standpoint because it's kind of a yeah. you know interesting moment uh, at Ray's expense, and kind of cool to see Goldberg in a WWE ring for the first time. And The Rock has a bunch of shenanigans in there, but uh, it is also uh, you know on in my opinion from my vantage point, it is in also here comes the pain. Yeah, it is. Here man. comes uh, the pain. So here folks, came the pain. There there was the pain. There it went. Folks, you heard it here first. Don't uh, you know? Tug on Superman's cape. Don't spit in the wind. Don't watch December to Dismember or Backlash 2003. Uh, thank you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't mess around with Jim either, for that matter. Right. Uh, that's right. Uh, run, don't walk away from Backlash 2003. Um, <laughs> so, folks, that is uh, that's gonna do it for us here on the show. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you like what you're hearing today, you can follow us on social media, SmackDown Six Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, you can share this show with a friend. If you have uh, like-minded wrestling friends, you want to get into this uh, SmackDown Six or a ruthless aggression era of wrestling. It's a fun time. You can go back and listen to our our first shows there. We talk. We go from SummerSlam 2002 and before that to up up to right now. We're gonna go all the way until. Uh, just after uh, Royal Rumble in 2004, which is exciting. Now, Will, something I noticed today, something that's kind of blowing my mind is, after this show, I'm only going to be covering five more pay-per-views on the SmackDown 6 podcast because we go, we're shortly right. after Judgment Day, we go to single-brand single, pay-per-views. Single-brand so pay-per-views. Well, we're only going to hit Judgment Day, Vengeance, SummerSlam, No Mercy. No, I'm wrong. I got way off on the count here because there's also Survivor Series and then Royal Rumble. So six Six, yeah. But it's April. Well, we're going until February, and we're only covering six more shows on uh, pay-per-view there. So, curious thing. I, I was off on the number, but otherwise, uh, it's a curious thing because we're gonna we're, things are shifting here. Uh, well, after this show, Matt, it's a, it's a small mercy that you only have to cover six, including no mercy, which uh, would be up well, here with this one for worse than the year. The problem is that there will be whole. There's going to be like seven week stretches, or eight week stretches, or nine week stretches, even where it's just smackdowns, and we're trying to lead to something. I don't know. Maybe they're going to be quite good, Matt. Let's try to be optimistic. Yeah. I don't know. Now, in, we'll in, in the middle of one of those stretches, there is an Iron Man match between two competitors that you'd be very excited to see in an Iron Man match. So that's of good. Of course, yes, yeah. Some good that stuff. Is months cool, from now, though. A cool months months uh, parking lot brawl, right, between some uh, very good competitors. Yes. So, you know, folks, fun stuff coming up. We just didn't get a lot of it tonight. But yeah, we had a okay. fun time talking about it, or at least I did. Absolutely, I did as well. Thank you, Will. It was a great time. Right. Thank you for being on the show, Will. Always good to have you here. Look Always forward to having you back again here. soon. 
Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Actually, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, next week's show is the May 1st, 2003 episode of SmackDown. Mr. America is debuting. Wow. Wow. And in two weeks, uh, the return of Will on the podcast may have a special guest. I'm really hopeful we can. Because the show after this one is the SmackDown uh, from Halifax, which was a show that Will and I attended in person. They, were, they did a couple shows here. And so we're going to be talking about a show that we've seen in person that I have not seen since May 2003. Looking forward to seeing that again. But we're going to yes. be talking about SmackDown that we were in the house for. I imagine we're going to cover a lot of other stuff in there because there's all sorts of kind of the WWE Live stuff we can talk about in there and yep. different recollections and everything like that. So I am very excited for that. So two weeks from now wait. on the podcast, uh, what may become a high point, at least for us, in terms of um, just the purest form of reminiscence, just like we're going to yeah, strap ourselves down and really kind of inject we're ourselves gonna, in with some nostalgia. We're going to dive into a pool and meet Hugh Jackman. It's going to be great. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that that joke makes no sense the time a podcast comes out, by the way, Will, because that movie is... <laughs> I was that trying movie my best the whole now. time not to date the show, and now Exactly. You're referencing reminiscence, and we're talking about, you know, deeper into uh, 2021 here. Yeah, this show, that will not make any sense there. Anyway, love it. Thank you, Will, for being here. Thank Thanks, you, everybody. Thank, thank you, Smack Addicts, for listening to the podcast. Looking forward to talking to you again, uh, and I hope uh, this episode didn't feel too much like Backlash itself. <laughs> <laughs>